0: Three sheets control. On behalf of five seamen, welcome aboard. On the screen in front of you, please select the level of foul mouth Disney debauchery you'd like to hear while we input your coordinates. Now, locate the monitor overhead to the right. Make sure your face is clearly visible and give us a flash. I, I mean, uh, wait for the flash. Good. Sending news to the future. All systems are go. We're now linking you to your hosts. Enjoy the show. Fuck that little pig.
1: Now that is phenomenal. I love shaking my booty. I've never
2: been to the Addison.
1: I know it sounds sorted, but you'll be rewarded.
3: when well, at last I am given by twos. And the such deliciously
4: squared. <laughs>
0: Hello everybody and welcome to episode 129 of Three Sheets the Mouse. We're four average guys with a love for all things Disney. I'm Scott and joining me on this week's show are three guys who never fall asleep when they're copying manuscripts. Tim.
1: Foxy Love is my baby mama.
0: (laughs) Mikey.
5: Uh, hmm. (laughs) Uh, There's there's nothing. There's no words. There's no words.
0: Yeah, you can't follow up that introduction. (laughs) And Adam.
2: That's news to me.
0: <laughs> yeah, I would say it's probably a shocker. <laughs>
2: Considering he was gold star, it was, a, it was a shocker to her too. <laughs>
0: uh, do we have to call Maury Povich now? Oh, probably.
5: <laughs> I, can get a, I got a line with Montel. If you'd rather go that route,
2: is he still alive? He does sure. the loan It's Like, if yes, he you need a oh, <laughs> that's right, yeah, payday loan man. Yes, he's, he's got the
5: hookup.
0: <laughs> Oh, we're here to talk to you about some Disney parks, Disney booze, and a little bit of debauchery in between. So sit back, relax, drink a uh, Monk Trappist Ale, and enjoy the adult side of Disney with Three Sheets of the Mouse. I was going to make a cocktail tonight, but then I got lazy. Because I want to celebrate my victory on last week's Armchair Imagineer.
5: I voted for him.
0: Oh. <laughs> well, I got four votes. Have any of you ever gotten four times your normal amount?
5: <laughs> you no. didn't realize that? Well, four, four times four zero time is, still is still zero. It's still zero. So. Well,
0: no, I get. I usually get one. I usually get one.
5: Because Andrea's. Is... No, she,
0: knows, she she's doesn't. A vote. vote for mine. Yeah, she <laughs> doesn't vote for so. <laughs> <laughs> Vote for mine? Kidding me? Uh, yeah. So I am celebrating my uh, uh, my victory. I was going to make an aviation, but I got lazy. You call
5: it a victory, um, let's just call it a personal achievement, because it's not quite what <laughs> the definition of victory the little, is. The
0: little thing popped up on my, my life screen. <laughs> achievement unlocked. <Yeah>. Achievement. <laughs> Four times your vote. All right, sweet. Ten, ten Xbox points, which means absolutely nothing. Pretty
2: much.
5: <laughs> you are winning the game of Sims. You've got a skin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um,
0: no, th- this week, you know what, I... Uh, uh, I, I posted this in the BSA, and I, I really have been very fortunate to add some very exclusive bottles to my whiskey collection over the last year. And I kind of wanted to bring it back to where uh, to where it all started, and go bottom shelf. You know, go budget whiskey because bottom shelf does matter, Mikey.
1: Yeah, when it's all if you can reach. If you pull out Maker's Mark, <laughs> I'm hanging up.
0: I'm not. I don't have Maker's Mark. This is a bottle I probably I probably have not drank or tried or had in my collection for, I would say, probably close to two years. And that's uh, Eagle Rare. Oh. It's $30 a bottle.
1: I no don't necessarily call that it? bottom shelf. It's pretty. It's decent. not bottom shelf, but it's shelf,
0: it, I would it, call that. It, it is a it is an age statement bourbon, which for uh, budget whiskey is very rare, especially these days. Most of the budget stuff is no age statement at this point.
2: I would call that like a mid tier, though. I wouldn't call it bottom.
0: No, it's not bottom shelf, but it is a budget whiskey for how, for the bang you're getting.
2: <laughs> you said bang.
0: Hmm. I did say bang. Um, it's, it's 10 years old. It is a single barrel uh, Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey. It's aged for a minimum of 10 years. Uh, the, the, the proof on it's not high. It's, you know, 45%. But it is incredibly rich with uh, citrus and orange peel and, like, you know, toasted marshmallow. It's really good. Mm. nah yeah, can drink
5: I, me you know, some toasted marshmallows. That's no lie. I don't care what it is. I'm, I mean, I don't don't it tastes like...
2: Think, I don't think I ever drank a toasted marshmallow. Oh, you're missing out.
0: Um, You've had a LeFouge brew? Wait, no, that's not toasted marshmallow uh, on top. What do they put on top? That's oh, that passion sweet. fruit, yeah. They, uh, every once in a while, they've had drinks in uh, World Showcase for food and wine that have like those, uh, those foams on top, and one time they had a marshmallow... Uh, foam, like a marshmallow-flavored uh, foam. It was a little weird. halfway decent for one of those non-alcoholic drinks. So, oh, yeah. I, I try uh, not Eagle- to
2: drink non-alcoholic specialty drinks when I'm in Disney because <laughs> they're too fucking expensive to not have alcohol in them. Yeah, and they're all just nothing but sugar.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, so Eagle Rare 10, uh, $30 budget bourbon. If, you know, you don't want to break the bank, it is, uh, it's it's pretty Pretty damn good. I, I kind of, I, I think I shit on it the last time I did try it. I was like, oh, this, you know, Eagle Rare has no. bougie. Um, well, no, yeah, no, they I, it, gave just, it, it just, an just didn't.
2: When they shit on it.
0: So. No, no, we've never actually tried it on the show. <laughs> but I've never, I, I never gave it. I don't think I ever gave it a shot. It's actually pretty complex. Um, but yeah, it's very honey, marshmallow, oak, and uh, citrus. Good depth. Good depth. Really like it.
5: I'm so. happy I'm, I'm, I'm glad for you Scott it's been a while since you've had something new to enjoy
2: that, that you like. he doesn't really get drinks that he likes often
5: no no He like half the bottles on his shelf back there he, he knows
0: man. that is not true that is the only one I've hated is the Macallan Amber actually no I take that back that's not
2: head. true
0: that Grangetown Isla <laughs> oh god still the worst thing I've ever put in my mouth
5: too oh, easy. I concur. I was there. Too easy. You've had oh. better.
0: Oh, God, yes. I've given I it mean, to you. <laughs> Ugh. Oh God. That was I that thing still haunts my haunts my dreams.
4: I'm
5: not all sure right. which thing you're talking about, but um you thank you. <laughs> <laughs> all of them. All the things are now uh, haunted. All, all of the things? things. My thing, your thing, until next thing.
2: <laughs> are now haunted forever. <laughs>
5: yeah.
0: Tim, what do you got tonight?
1: Well, I have my fancy gold-rimmed personalized chalice, and oddly enough, I'm filling it with a beer that's got the nickname of Wife Beater.
0: Oh, Stella. Mm -hmm. Appropriately in that glass.
1: I went back to my summer go-to. Now that summer's almost over.
0: Uh, That doesn't feel like it.
1: No, not today. Tomorrow's supposed to be really hot, so.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It was brutal this weekend.
1: Yeah, so muggy.
0: I like Stella. I had some at the bowling alley today. It's a good beer. It's a good, good, solid, solid, solid summer beer. Not, not too, uh, not too hoppy, not too, uh, carbonated. Doesn't, you don't feel bloated drinking a Stella.
1: Well, only 12 ounces in a bottle, so
2: yeah, not a full 16 ounce bottle.
0: It's good, good stuff. Adam, what do you got? I got it's this gunpowder
2: gin with uh, ice cube.
0: <laughs> gin on ice. You are an old British lady. You're Dame Judy Dench.
2: I'll take it. She has money.
0: <laughs> she, yeah, she's she got a lot of it.
1: Is she one of the four original uh, blonde bombshells? Yes. I think so. Yeah, okay. I think
0: so, right? Yeah, it's her. Dude, she was... If you look up Dame Judi Dench when she was younger, Mm -hmm. smoking hot.
1: I want to see that show that um, they did. Her, uh, uh, Helen Mirren. Mm. The one from... uh, What the hell's her name? Maggie Smith.
0: Yeah, Maggie Smith. And, uh... uh, Tea with the ladies or some shit like that. Yeah, I forget I forget the last one. It's not Joanna Lumley. No.
1: No, she's it's a it's she's a lesser name lesser known British actress.
5: Audrey Hepburn.
0: Yeah, I, I you wanna you wanna look up classy lady, Dame Judy Dench. Young J, young Judy Dench, fantastic. Gorgeous. I'm 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 crushing on Dame Judy right now.
2: I won't tell your wife.
0: That's alright. She's like ninety five. Not my wife. Wow. (laughs) Damn. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Um, So much shit right now. Yeah, um, mom.
2: I think you need to take a sip of your drink to wash down your foot. That would be a good idea, right? (laughs) (laughs) Let's
0: see. Tasty notes of my foot. Sandalwood. Yep. It tastes a little bit like a
5: stranger's sock from the bowling alley. (laughs) It it, it, it tastes like shame.
0: (laughs) Uh, Mikey, what are you drinking tonight?
5: Uh, Well, since I'm back in in Houston for a little bit and my current uh, travel situation did not allow me to pack any of my stores, I'm drinking the Sidral Moondell apple-flavored soda. That I got at the Mexican grocer. Okay,
2: mm. <laughs> I don't know what
0: to say. What, <laughs> what, what? <laughs> apple Tasting soda. Tasting notes:
5: It tastes like apple
0: <laughs> and
5: soda. It's naturally flavored. It's carbonated. Car- I don't. It's like
1: carbonated apple juice.
5: It's like I, I, I can't go and buy. Really, anything because there's not room for me to pack it and fly it home. So I'm flying back in a Cessna, so oh,
0: yeah, yeah. I'm
5: I'm kind of limited on what I can do. You know, it's well,
0: you're meh. there for you're there for a month, right?
5: I uh, got three more three weeks, weeks left as of tomorrow.
0: Now, total wine sells half bottles Uh certain bourbon, certain vodka, gin, all those things. I have a lot there's-
5: of half bottles at the house. You could buy those little airline. Nips in there yeah, and just, there you Well, are. yeah, no, I'm, I know. I can't, but since I flew down, I don't really have a car at my disposal whenever I want to run somewhere. That's true. So, I will say though, last night I did get to meet um, Shooters Chip Price and Jillian Landry, and they they took me out, uh, and showed me the St. Augustine Brewery where I had several uh, nice, nice nice beers there. Really, really awesome spot. I enjoyed it. Yeah, we oh, love Awesome, good people. But, but tonight yeah. I'm having apple soda.
0: Well, um... Muy bien. Muy bien.
5: Uh, I mean, there's some, some Shiner Bach in the fridge, but I've, I've had, like, a lot of this guy's Shiner. Shiner! I've got to replace it, so I don't want it's to, like, run I- and grab it right now. Shiner's one of my
0: favorite beers. So,
5: I know. You're from Texas. I
0: lived in Dallas for two years. Gollyville.
5: Yep. Doesn't sound like Dallas. Sounds like a different city, but... That's Scott well, geography. It's midway, it's
0: midway between, uh, midway between Fort Worth and Dallas. It's all the DFW area.
5: You got Scott math and Scott map. It's all the same.
0: Isn't Scott Scott's geography. No. We got some Scott I think English it was too. Geography. That's sheet. Sheet. What do you call that? Sheet or English? English. English.
5: Yeah. If you could play a musical instrument, we could have sheet music. Up <laughs> oh, 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 and there's the trumpet. So there we go. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, let's get this Epcot ball rolling, shall we?
0: On tonight's show we decided to uh we you know we haven't done a dhd in a while so uh what better way than to uh to bring back our dhd segment our disney history segment and uh and and talk about one of the classic attractions one of o- epcot's opening day attractions um spaceship earth we all know it we all love it we ride it time in time out it is i mean it, it's it's a Favorite of everybody. I don't I don't know anyone who's hated Spaceship Earth.
2: I love Spaceship Earth. Still do.
0: I like it. it you know, think of it this way. I can't find it. It is the <laughs> 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 yeah, I was just about to say <laughs> if you think about all the four theme parks, none of the other theme parks have a ride within the first five hundred feet of the entrance. Except uh, for Epcot.
1: Well, you count the railroad. Yeah.
0: On well, yeah, I mean, that's more of a mode of transportation. I'm talking about an actual attraction. Epcot has the only ride within the first 500 feet of the uh, the entrance. And, uh, you know, pro tip, don't go the first 25 minutes of the day, because that place is yeah, packed. Yeah, don't go the
1: first three hours of the
0: day. Yeah.
5: There's still a lot of people that don't realize that's an attraction. Oh, yeah. They just think it's the big golf ball. Like the people Mover. It's like a park, and take a, no, I no, people know that's there. A lot of them go to it. Nobody that I'm related to has ever been on. <laughs> <laughs> I, d-
0: I still don't understand this. More carousel of progress. I mean, they're giant signs for both of them.
5: We just, we just uh, trust me. This was discussed at length last night by cast members and myself. So, <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, look. We wanted to uh, talk about the history. The uh, go, you know, go through the attraction. Um, it, it, it's a it's a great attraction, Mikey. What do you think about it? It's round. It's not round, actually.
5: It well, it is not spaceship flat Earth. And you're right. Technically, it's not it's not round. Um, so I'm I'm doing this history thing, ladies mm-hmm. and gentlemen. So buckle up. We got a lot of words. <laughs> Um, There will be a test afterwards. There will be. It'll be uh, multiple choice. Scantron. (coughs) Scantron. Use number two pencil, fill the circle in completely.
1: Circle C, and you're almost
5: always going to be right. That's right. So to know the history um, of Spaceship Earth, you kind of got to go all the way back to where the idea for Epcot, you know, kind of came from and what it stands for. We all know Epcot and what it stands for. Every parent can order tequila.
0: Yes. Where's my shirt? Thank you, MPH. Uh,
5: It's too simple of a shirt. I'm sorry. Anybody with a cricket can make that shirt. Uh, But, I mean, I guess it really means the experimental prototype community of tomorrow, and that's what Walt had envisioned when he was dreaming this up. He wanted a city that would show new ways of urban living, and at the same time they could cater toward the employees of Disney World. And, you know, rumor has it that even while he was laid up in the bed sick toward the end, he was actually still mapping the city out while looking at the ceiling tiles of his hospital room. Obviously, he didn't make it. You know, he died in 66 and wasn't able to see his dreams come. His idea, his vision, uh, all the way true, which is probably, you know, for the best if you think about it. Because even though, you know, he's gone, they still had his notes. Um, Disney's... uh, the bigwigs there, the directors, kind of felt that maybe the Epcot community, as Walt envisioned it, was kind of a liability of a business venture because as far as their employees go, who would want to be watched nonstop as they walk around work, to and from work, and go about their their daily lives just completely being watched by strangers?
0: Well, I'd say probably the 25,000-plus Disney employees that are currently employed right there.
5: Which is ironic because now everybody's got a phone with a camera on it, and that's exactly what's happening. It's just <laughs> yeah. they're not in their own neighborhood. Um, I
0: gotta, I gotta say real, real quick, Mikey, with when you're talking about uh, the the Florida project, that video, it's on YouTube. Uh, it, it's something that I pull up and watch on, you know, on my TV. I would say once a month. I love hearing his passion for this project for Epcot, um, and. And I don't think anybody other than Walt could have made that happen. When you know, when Walt died, that dream of the Epcot that was going to be died with him. It'll never work. Uh, he just he just had that city planning, that uh, engineering, you know, feat that was going to get done, and it would have gotten done, and it would have been perfect. But it, it just no one else could do it.
5: No, I mean, with, with like with anything he does, he was way ahead of his time and so very passionate impassioned passionate something about a pash yeah (laughs) so um you know epcot theme park was changed in its design um to kind of treat walt's legacy in a different way it was going to be partially modeled after the world's fair which is something else that walt absolutely loved and it would have its, uh, its eye on future technology and education, you know, at the forefront uh, at the, of the core of the, of the park. So, Spaceship Earth, the, the, the flagship for Epcot, was, was conceptualized originally as a geodesic dome like the Expo 67 in Montreal. Uh, Disney Imagineering, though, wanted something bigger and better than what Canada had. So, what you know, what's bigger and better than one dome? Two domes.
0: <laughs> I'll be, a a pair of domes. <laughs> <laughs> a pair of domes, yeah. So, hey, <laughs> right. it's the, always nice to have a good pair of domes. It's yes.
5: good to have a good pair of domes, especially when they're inverted and stacked on top of each other. So uh, something big that were, you know, basically guests could go up and inside this huge sphere instead of just walking through a door on the side of it. And that's, that's what we got. So, you know, while the finished result wasn't quite Walt's original idea, Spaceship Earth is definitely central to Epcot. And, uh, you know, one of, like Scott said, one of Disney World's most uh, beloved attractions. And everyone likes to get on it. So the construction um, took about... Ever,
0: Mikey, everybody boy. does love to get up on, on those domes. Mm-hmm. They do.
5: Um, up inside
0: like, it, in I, I love... Being up inside those domes,
5: Scott, I can tell you more about those domes if you'll give me just a second, sir. Okay, okay. All right, this this gets tell me we, tell me more we're about the domes. we get so deep into these
2: domes.
0: Oh yeah. <laughs>
5: <laughs> um, it Took 26 that... months to build Spaceship Earth. the uh, The architectural design was done by Wallace Floyd Design Corporation, and the structural designs of it were um, done by Simpson Goomperts and Heger of Boston. Sounds, that sounds German. So German. Yeah, I know true. Boston. Uh, th- that was also the same group that was responsible for building the Expo '67 uh, dome in Canada. And uh, so, so you got this. Uh, we, we talked about it being, you know, a geodesic dome. Um, technically, the the proper um, Scott Math name for this geometry is a geodesic polyhedron. Yes which basically means it looks like a sphere made of triangular faces. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I guess like we said, it's actually it's a pair of domes, and in the middle of which there's this a ring that kind of runs around the equator that's, that's framed up out of steel tubing. And what that does is it allows the top dome to sit on top of that, and the bottom dome suspends from it, And because if they were to just join the two domes together and put the feet underneath it, you would end up crushing the bottom dome just based off off what the uh, materials that that it's made out of. So your actual supports go up and attach to that central ring that, you know, the lower dome suspends from and the upper one, you know, hangs on. Um, So, yeah, the end result is it it looks like a a big sphere. And speaking of those legs, they're attached to concrete pylons that go 160 feet into the ground. Yeah, they went deep on those. Uh, Deep domes. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's some deep drilling for some domes.
0: So, long legs and big domes. Yeah, two domes. Six legs. Two domes,
5: yeah. It's like a, like a weird spider. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, yeah, it looks like a big sphere. It's made of two domes, but it's a ball within a ball. You've got this outer layer, which has like 11,324, some, some bitch counted them. Um, aluka bond panels that's 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 a trade name it's made of polyethylene plastic and and aluminum Um, it's lightweight and strong stands up to the wind and the weather in Florida but the inner layer is made up of just regular steel panels that has like a neoprene waterproof layer all around the outside of it to stop water from getting on the inside and in between those two layers you've got this guttering system that collects water from the top down but stops at the equator halfway down and then funnels it um, through one of the legs and under the ground and out into um, World Showcase Showcase Lagoon. That way people don't get wet while they run to stand underneath the big ball so they don't get wet from the rain that's falling. Ba- <laughs> Unless the basically... pipe breaks and then Right, well, then that was coming from inside, <laughs> yeah. though. It's 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 meant to stop water from getting in from the outside, not to hold <laughs> it in from the inside. Could you imagine going on Spaceship Earth one day and it becoming a fishbowl? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a, it's, a, it's a water ride. Fantastic. Awesome.
1: They move living with the seas. <laughs> uh, you know what, Tim?
5: I'll, here's a bit of trivia for you. You can fit... Spaceship Earth into the main tank at Living with yep. the Seas. Yes. And submerge it completely. Um, so, yeah, that, that's that's how they built, uh, that's the history of how they built the outside of the ride. And, uh, you know, it allowed Spaceship Earth to open up as the centerpiece of Epcot. Like Scott said, you know, 500 feet from the entrance. And it opened up October 1st, 82. It's a very important date in the world uh, history of Epcot. Um, originally sponsored by Bell Systems, which would be Ma Bell. Or... Southwestern Bell and other Bells, you know, the telephone company. Um, The original version actually started off with this dramatic entrance with fog machines when it started taking guests back in time to the dawn of mankind and allowed them to travel through time from the beginning of civilization to today and explore the breakthroughs in technology along the way um, as they're displayed in different vignettes with animatronics. And the narrator kind of, you know, tells the tale of... uh, of what you're seeing then come in 86 it got it's first refurb and as well with the new uh, refurb you had a new partnership this time with AT&T because they had to get rid of all their subsidies still technically it was Mob Bell but now it's AT&T parent company Um, and a new narrator and um, gone were the fog machines at the start of the ride replaced with some twinkling stars but they also got new theming toward the latter part of the ride that was themed called, um, Tomorrow's Children. And at the end of the ride, showing, you know, pictures of kids from around the world, and they're playing with this new theme song called Tomorrow's Child.
0: It's a great song. It is yeah, a I good like song. That song.
5: Now, this, uh, refurb held, held in place for, for quite a while, actually. Um... Until until 94, so, what, 20 years? No, yeah. 18 years, 18 years, 18, 18 20 years, years so. Um, uh, no. What's up, no.
0: 86, God,
1: 86
2: 90, to 94.
5: 86 to 94, that's
2: eight oh. years. Yeah. We <laughs> 300 <laughs> years, 47 <laughs> well, days and two
5: nights. Scott Math, it's a thing. And it an apparently it's contagious. It's, you know what, it's this damn apple soda that I'm drinking. <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah. I think they were fermented.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's brandy yeah there you go
5: <laughs> so in 94 you got a re- another refurb and like it seems every time they do a refurb you get a new narrator And but this time they actually culled like three scenes um, that featured 1980's era technology that was at the end which makes sense I mean you're no longer in the 80's uh, which you know that makes this, this attraction so difficult to, to keep up with because you just keep have to keep having to change shit out at the end And then you got to change stuff out in the middle, anyway. Um, So the the ending of it is actually changed up and shows uh, a couple kids they're talking to each other from across the world over the internet. You got a new ending with uh, fiber optic cables and hundreds of thousands of lights. They're blinking and beeping and flashing and they're flashing and they're beeping. Nobody. Nothing
0: bleeps in the bloops? Or are we talking about the the Where's radar the guy? There's
5: line from Airplane 2.
0: Oh, fuck. I don't think I saw Airplane 2. It takes, I, pl- takes place in space. With the moon.
2: I saw the first one. First well, yeah. one's no.
5: fantastic. One's hey, same pilot. Well, he okay. needed the work. He did. <laughs> he did, yep. So, yeah, and and the space station scene. Sheen scene, space station scene was also uh, cut from the end, but it, all, it the refurb gave guests a, uh, a new and clearer image of planet Earth on your way out and a new musical score based on Bach's Sinfonia number 2 in C minor. It's important to know. That'll be on the test.
0: That'll be on the test, yes.
5: So moving through time, we move forward and we hit some of the dark years of the attraction. In the year 2000. In the year 2000! <laughs> God, I knew somebody was going to do that. <laughs> I didn't think it
1: was going to be you two of you. <laughs>
5: a 25-foot story-tall Mickey arm holding a magic wand was installed right beside the sphere to celebrate and welcome the millennium. It featured giant text on it that just simply said 2000. Numerically, not Roman numerals, just regular numerals. That would have been funny if they'd have used Roman numerals, because they could have made it, you know, tied it into the MM, the ride. Yeah, MM, and uh, it was uh, it was Nose? it was really originally it was only supposed to be there for like just just the year two thousand. We're done. It's no longer the millennium. What year? Two thousand. I'm not doing it. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm a guest here. <laughs> Um, He's boycotting. But they they changed it and just pulled 2,000 off of it and threw the letters EPCOT on it in like a cursive script uh, and kept the wand up there for seven years. They kept the hand for seven years. Yeah. Until... New sponsors! <laughs> <laughs> so Siemens came along, and they're kind of a big uh, technology company. Big Siemens? Yeah, they're big Siemens, and they're like, hey, you know what? We don't really like this whole magic wand thing. It doesn't fit well with the image we want to project. So Disney pulled it down. And uh, so was C- a lot pins- more. Siemens
1: came they into made- the dome?
5: Yeah, 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 there were some Siemens involved in the, in the oh, dome. And uh, Disney pulled their wand out, and it was.
0: And then they made pins out of it. <laughs>
5: they did now you got pins there where <laughs> Disney's got rid of a wand and a hat Somewhere is a magician walking around like
0: what just happened <laughs> where did all my stuff go
5: <laughs> now that same year um, 2007 thanks to Siemens partnering up and sponsoring it Spaceship Earth got some really significant updates uh, another new narrator that seems to be a theme and they also got a much more interactive experience when you're on the ride like you, at the beginning of it snaps your photo and at the end of it, you get to see a picture of your face on a screen. Um, you answer a bunch of questions on the uh, little ride vehicle while you're going. I mean, it's, it's, it's like I said, it's very interactive. It's, it's kind of cool because what else are you going to do besides just go down backwards looking at stars? Um, now, the new scenes added in this refurb, you had uh, an ancient Greek teacher scene added this in 2007 and the birth of personal computing. Currently,
2: there's no sponsor for the ride. Well, they they actually gave birth through the domes.
5: The, well, no. Uh, the well, Siemens they had a lot of Siemens out. in there. Yeah, Siemens Siemens pulled out.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah, I guess he didn't is... pull out fast enough, though, because nope. there was a birth.
5: There was. Um And that yeah, they they pulled out in 2017, so they hung on for 10 years. They had we had 10 years of Siemens. And that is the Some history pretty old of yeah, a
0: long time time seaman. Of spaceship
2: ship Earth.
0: yeah. Uh, no no, that's a that's a great history. Um, it is. So it's it's rich, it's full. <laughs> they, it,
5: it's uh, it's been a good run. Let's burn this fucker down and put something <laughs> else in. <laughs> no.
0: No, you can't no. you gotta keep that ride. Uh, but no, this is this is a wonderful attraction. It's got a lot of history. It you know it, it's one of the few things that Disney has had worked on from uh, the '60s all the way up until when they actually created it in, in 1982. Um, uh, now there are there are two people you you didn't mention, Mikey. One is science fiction writer Ray Bradbury, who actually helped with the design of the the dome.
2: Dianetics. That's no,
0: no, Ron this is, Hubbard. Wait, yeah, yeah that's Ron stars. Hubbard. <laughs> this is the guy that wrote uh, okay. Fahrenheit 451.
2: Oh,
5: I thought that was George Orwell. Yeah,
2: Gary
5: no, that's Orwell. 1984.
2: It's a lot of numbers being thrown around right now. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't
5: read books based off of numbers. That's just called math. <laughs> Fahrenheit 1941,
2: 1492, 1792.
0: So really, Epcot from 1982 to 1994 really gave this sort of a generic uh, score. It it really wasn't... The music here wasn't anything uh, spectacular. It was literally using classical music, using um, different themes from... uh, kind of set in the area in in which the the vignettes were from. So there really wasn't any uh, cohesive score until 1994 when Ido Guidotti... Uh, actually created a score for spaceship earth and it was it was somewhat dark the the theme that you have today is is completely different um, you'll hear it as as this talks through but the the opening like uh, like I said the opening score was it was very nondescript um, and again the the voice actor who did the hosting for the show Lawrence Dobkin wasn't exact I mean he was a no one's gonna know him today but uh, he was basically one of the golden age of radio people. He was, he was more so known for his voice than his actual acting career. Um, basically, he was, uh, he was the voiceover for the, the television series, The Naked City, which was kind of a police drama in the, uh, in the 50s and 60s. Where have we come from?
6: Where are we going? The answers begin in our past, in the dust from which we were born answers
5: recorded on the walls of time. Isn't there um a, it's like a point of contention as far as who the actual original voice is?
0: So yes. Uh there <laughs> there is a very very heated debate on whether or not this is Lawrence Dobkin or Vic Perrin. Vic Perrin is much more known. Um but there's no there's no actual uh, record of Vic Perrin being the narrator. Through yeah, I always thought it was Dopkin. Yeah, it's it's everyone knows Dopkin because he was the one who originally did it. Now Vic Perrin allegedly came in and did some scenes for it, like one or two scenes, and so people just think it's it's him uh, throughout the entire uh, the, in the entire thing. Now Vic Perrin, if you don't know, is the control voice for Outer Limits, um, which was on in the '60s uh, as a TV show.
5: And then they brought it back as a reboot, and it sucked.
0: Yeah, it was terrible. Uh, but in May of 1986, the attraction was given kind of a slight remodel. Uh, again, the score didn't really change. It's very much, you know, nondescript music, n- uh, nothing that was created for the for the ride itself. But we have probably one of the most famous uh, names in, in television history, and that's Walter Cronkite.
6: For eons, our planet has drifted as a spaceship through the universe. And for a brief moment, we have been its passengers. Yet in that time, we've made tremendous progress in our ability to record and share knowledge. So let's journey back 40,000 years to the dawn of recorded history. We'll trace the path of communications from its earliest beginnings to the promise of the future.
0: I mean, this is a household name. If if you don't know who Walter Cronkite is, uh, you are absolutely... Living under a rock? Not really.
1: Not really.
2: Millennials are not going to know who Walter Cronkite Cronkite is.
0: Millennials should know Walter Cronkite. Why would
2: they know who Walter Cronkite is?
0: Just spend any time on the internet.
2: Why would you know who Walter Cronkite is?
0: I don't think think he comes up very often when you do any searching. Yeah. Well, if you watch the moon, I mean, this year alone was the 50th anniversary of the moon landing, and Walter Cronkite broadcast.
2: Millennials aren't watching that shit. They'll watch it, but he might have done the broadcast, but he's not like widely known as much as he was. like we grew up with him. There's we a different watching him, so it's... yeah.
5: yeah. I mean, he was on the same sound stage as the moon landing, so
6: oh God.
0: that <laughs> we're Mikey, start this again.
1: So soon. Mikey.
0: No, no, we're not going to talk about it because he's wrong.:
1: Send your hate mail to...
0: <laughs> I Brandon. cannot fathom people that don't know who walter cronkett is. I can't fathom that.
5: Does Ethan know who Walter Cronkett is? Absolutely no, not. I, he's 5.
0: Well, then you <laughs> can't <laughs>
5: fathom
2: Ethan.
0: But he but he is ju- he is uh, by the time he's 10, he's damn sure going to know who Walter Cronkett is. Then he'll he was the most trusted school. man in America. Yeah,
2: he's going to get beat up in school. Right. <laughs> there's a, there's a wing tips wingtips. Dude, you, you can't he's he's not uh, relevant anymore. I'm sorry. Well, no, he's dead. <laughs> but he hasn't been relevant Lots of other dead people are
0: still kind of relevant. He is definitely still relevant.
1: For us, he is. I think, and he's a an, he's a an, he's national treasure. So I mean, he should be relevant. But I mean, that's not
5: how the, this... the, the the problem is. They know who the Golden Girls are, but not Walter Cronkite.
2: Well, you don't actually see repeat newscasts all of the time either. Right. When you think about it, and
1: Golden Girls is on syndication on like three different channels. Exactly, yeah. and, and Betty White. So
0: you don't you don't get to know uh, newscasters. You know previous newscasters until they until CNN does like a decade series where they talk about the 2000s or the 1980s or one, one of those kind of mini-series. Whatever
5: happened to Peter Jennings?
0: Uh, didn't he lie about something? Yeah, he got into, so. into some trouble.
2: I don't know. They all eventually... If you, if you live long enough... In that career, you're going to get in trouble for something. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, so in in August 15, on August 15, 1994, the attraction closed for a. Th- this was the first time it gets a major remodel, and um, uh, this is where Ido Gordati comes in and, and, and creates a new score. He you know he based it off of classical music, uh, but the actual score itself is is completely uh, worked for the uh, for the movie or for the ride. So you have an actual orchestral composition for the ride. Um, But we also get probably, I mean, in my opinion, the best narrator for this ride. And that's Jeremy
6: Irons. Like a grand and miraculous spaceship, our planet has sailed through the universe of time. And for a brief moment, we have been among its many passengers. From the very beginning, we have always sought to reach out to one another. To bridge the gaps between us, to communicate.
0: I mean, fresh off, fresh off his voice work for uh, Scar, because this is about the time where they're uh, producing and releasing The Lion King. Uh, they, Disney has him has on contract to say, "Hey, why don't you come in and read this, and also do some uh, do some acting work for the Timekeeper." You'll find, uh, it, you know, back back when the Timekeeper was an attraction, which uh, I, I, I'm Adam and Timmy. You guys have done Timekeeper, right? I have. You'll find Jeremy Irons playing Jules Verne. Okay.
5: I haven't. I don't think I have. It must not be relevant. It's a dead attraction.
0: It is a dead attraction. Unfortunately, uh, it's it needs to get brought back. I think. Not going to get into it. Robin Williams. Great great ride. great ride. So as we as we get to uh, what Mikey talked about the 2007 uh, closing of spaceship Earth and where we get Dame Judy Dench as our narrator.
3: Like a grand and miraculous spaceship, our planet has sailed through the universe of time and for a brief moment, we have been among its passengers. But where are we going? And what kind of future will we discover there? surprisingly, the answers lie in our past. Since the dawn of recorded history, we've been inventing the future one step at a time. So, let's travel back in time together. I'll show you how our ancestors created the world we know today. And then it will be your turn to create the world of tomorrow.
0: But we also get, I think, the best score for this attraction. That's done by Bruce Broughton. Um... This is a wonderful addition. Now, I, I think that Judy Dench is her lines are a little bit comical, but I love the way she delivers them. Her her opening rendition for Spaceship Earth is very, very good. Not Jeremy Irons, but very good. Um, now Bruce Broughton, uh, you'll know his work from a lot of Disney films.
1: Not to be confused with his brother Sour.
0: <laughs> God.
5: That is horrible! <laughs> oh my god! Sorry. Oh Tim, you better you better relish this moment.
0: <laughs> oh, oh, oh. oh, god!
2: Wow! You are I, think wow. These, I think these
1: stellas are catching up to me. <laughs> oh my goodness!
2: You yeah. are gonna get
5: grilled at Bigsma Blowout for more jokes. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, so yeah, Bruce Broughton's, uh, film career, uh, extends to such Disney films as Rescuers Down Under, Homeward Bound, um, Silverado and Tombstone, which were popular westerns in the late 80s, early 90s. Uh, great films. Great films.
5: I get a kick out of the fact you had to actually, after you said Tombstone, a- add in the fact that it was a popular western. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> it's literally the only western.
0: No, it's not the only Western. Well. John Wayne I'll did, like, 60. I'll be you Huckleberry. It is a great film. I That's love fantastic. Tombstone. Not much that Val Kimmel did is wonderful, but that is the best of his work ever. A oh, real genius. Top oh, secret.
1: Yeah. Batman. Top, I'm just top. kidding. You went there. <laughs> you went. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. I don't want to hate Val. I'm just kidding. <laughs>
0: um, sight. But so, yeah, today, uh, currently, we have Judy Dench doing the narration. Um, you guys have all heard it. Mikey, you've done Spaceship Earth. You found this one? Yeah. Good. Yeah. Found this one.
5: I, well, yeah, I had to walk underneath them domes. Listen, you give me... I can find me some domes. <laughs> no problem.
0: Um, It's a... I, I like her. I, I like her voiceover. Uh, I, I do... The script is... The script is... The script neat. is weak. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't what, really What's like wrong it. with Judy Dench?
2: There's nothing wrong with her. I just don't think it's... It's as good as the others have been.
0: Oh, no, no. Jeremy Irons' script was mm-hmm. very serious.
2: And his delivery was very good. Oh,
0: his delivery is perfect. And that ran for 13 years.
2: Serves us with this
1: rumored refurbishment that's coming. Judy Dench's narration is probably going away.
0: Oh, absolutely. If... If they do a refurb on this, uh, if if they do des- when they do decide to to, to refurb it, because it's going to happen eventually, uh, they'll they'll replace it with a new narrator, a new script.
5: John Oliver. Fuck.
0: Oh God, please I don't, no, please no. He's please, on
5: contract. No. It, fa- it fits the suit. He's British and he's on contract. No, it's going to be, liking, gonna
0: be huh? so snarky. Yep. Oh God. Yeah. I used to like him a lot, and then he went David crazy. Attenborough. Oh yes, give me David, David Attenborough. Attenborough. Gilbert Godfrey. Yeah, <laughs>
1: he won't be touching anything Disney for a long time.
0: Uh, he won't be touching anything for a long time. Um, I I would love to have David Attenborough. So uh, so I mean, can you guys imagine anyone else besides David Attenborough? I really like that idea.
1: That's that would be my pick.
5: I don't know, I think they would just go with someone younger that yeah. is relevant
2: to the kids. I think it's time that they kind of have to. Snoop Dogg.
0: Yes! <laughs> oh, Fosheezy, these are the Phoenicians. awesome.
5: Thank the Phoenicies.
1: I'm going to be Snoop Dogg and Martha Stewart together.
5: Oh, well, God. I can only imagine what the smell would be at the Rome burning. <laughs> yeah, i was just thinking that. <laughs> <laughs> smell like skunk in here.
0: Oh, that's a sweet smell. All, you know what? All you have to do is get the uh, uh, the scene from History of the World Part 1 where they get in the church oh, and, no. <laughs> and they burn I the I, Roman you red. Know what? I, I don't think we'd have any Mel Brooks on this at all right now. <laughs> we do now. Uh, yeah, those are the uh, those are the narrators. I mean, preferably I love Jeremy Irons. I think he's the best one. Walter Cronkite. He also delivers a great script, but it is very much more news news reading, um, very direct, very direct. Um, all right. So as we uh, as we get into the ride itself, we'll we'll talk about the uh, the actual ride. So if you've gone through it, you can uh, relive it through our voices. Cool.
1: Uh, so not as sultry as Jeremy Irons, or Dame Judy Dench, or yeah, more <laughs> like more like a Walter Cronkite.
5: Okay? Uh, and that's yeah, the yeah, way I it wants. I don't have the lines for my vignettes, so
1: I didn't have the lines for mine either. There's only, I mean, there's only a few that stand out that are quote-worthy. Oh,
0: from saying. from Judy Dench's script, yeah.
2: No, that's from it. the actual vignettes, the animatronics lines. Well, most of my lines weren't in English, so that's <laughs> problem there too <laughs> we can have stephanie read them for you there you go <laughs> or oh, maria miller because she's really good at reading foreign languages
0: all right so... we need to
2: get maria miller and stephanie to do menus
0: oh boy <laughs> yeah
2: that'd
0: be funny. tim the queue let's talk about how amazing this queue is
1: it's really not <laughs> why <laughs> it's just an outdoor switchback <laughs> <It's>... i mean
0: <laughs> metal switchbacks guys yeah
1: and if you're if you're waiting on that metal switchback to get on this ride, then come back. Just leave and come back.
0: Yeah, because there's I mean there's times in the day where it is. We usually walk straight walk up
1: that it. concrete ramp and into the building. I mean, yeah. don't don't wait on that that line. It's not worth it. Or oh, sorry, Brant, don't wait in that line.
6: Wait a minute.
2: He's got a thing for online and inline. Online and inline.
0: Wait, you wait. You can absolutely queue online. I'm
5: not getting into
1: it's the this.
2: internet.
5: He's, he's going to say. Well, technically, Tim, the, the internet is America Online. Welfare Office, America Online. Okay. Go ahead and write that time right. down, Scott.
0: All right. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> okay. So the ride itself. Well,
1: the ride itself, you walk up this concrete ramp. And into, I mean, there's really no one's like you. You just walk right into the loading room. It's an omniv mover ride. It's a turntable platform. The vehicles are constantly moving. You get in your time machine, and you ascend a dark tunnel, as Mikey said, with twinkling stars all around. The, the score starts to play. At the end of this tunnel, you start to see lightning flashing and hear some little rumblings of thunder, and it opens up into a large movie screen that's stretched along the inside of the sphere. And on this screen is is playing a scene of some cavemen hunting woolly mammoth. And the, the narration starts to talk about how they didn't have any kind of communication. They didn't have to talked to anybody, talk to talk to each other and you know, hunting woolly Mammoth, you gotta talk to your buddies and say, Hey, you know, how do we take this thing down? So, after that scene, you come to a cave with some animatronic cavemen, and they learn how to communicate with cave drawings. And one of the, I, I, one of the funniest lines that Judy Dench has is that the problem with that was, when we moved caves, the drawings stayed behind, so nobody could remember how to write or what they
0: wrote. Except we found them later on and remember them.
2: No, but we still can't read a lot of them, so that there's yeah. that too. <laughs> and with the refurb. The
1: cave drawings come to life as you're leaving that scene and moving on to the next one.
0: It's kind of a it's kind of a cool feature. That theater yeah.
1: needs some help. It does. That yeah, that with the, the movie with the mammoth, it, it's very it's, it's bad. Do-
0: well, yeah. well, first of all, your your eyes are just beginning to a, a kind of adjust. Well, to, no, because you, no, have but still, you have
1: the tunnel. You have the tunnel. So you're yeah, in the... No.
5: We no, did because, it, and you couldn't, we couldn't see it. It was just no, because so that washed, dimly out lit. It's it's washed out. It's washed out. Well, no, the
0: picture, the picture they take of you flashes that bright flash, and your eyes are, are, are going to take a few minutes to adjust after that bright flash.
2: No, it's, it's just a washed out yeah. kind of thing. I left my sunglasses on. I forgot is about the it, picture at once and it's just it's extremely washed out.
1: We've watched videos of it and you can barely see what's on the screen.
0: I mean, you have to do like a low light 4K HD. That's we did. We
1: did. There's a bunch of them online. <laughs> There's a bunch of them online. And you and can't it, it's hard to make out what it is.
0: So I I mean I like the shaman scene. I like this uh the the cave scene.
2: I like the cave scene. I don't. I just don't care for the mammoth scene.
0: No, no,
2: that'll probably get
0: explained on oh, the either I, I either or so.
2: updated. I mean, it might just need a, p- a bigger, a p- more powerful lighting source behind it too.
5: Why can't updated we just get an a- a- animatronic mammoth in there?
2: Because it's that space is not
5: big enough. Because yeah. it will
1: go the way of the yeti, and it'll work for six months and <laughs> stop. And then they'll flash
2: a strobe light on it to make it look like it's moving.
5: And then we're back where we started.
2: Yep, yep. pretty much it's the
5: circle of life.
2: Go drop a screen in front of it to make it look all faded.
5: A scrim, yep.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, an actual screen like they did at oh. um, like the great movie ride right before they right. closed it when effects stopped working. They just put like a screen and flashlights oh. on that too. Yeah.
0: <laughs> now the uh, uh, the shaman. So obviously animatronics are very very expensive. Uh, Disney never scraps one and throws it away; they actually reuse it. Um, this is actually one when they when they redid the ride in 2007. Uh, they took the Chief Joe from the American Adventure and brought him over here. So this is actually just a reused animatronic. Well, That's from, how you
1: end up with geese in Star Tours. That's yeah. right.
0: <laughs> actually, almost all the animatronics at this point are are uh, redos; they're do overs.
1: Yeah, I want to say one of the uh, Greeks is uh, like an old um, Abe Lincoln. Yep.
2: Yes. Yep.
0: Yeah, they, they you know, Disney does not waste, nope. and like like Tim said, that's how you get geese in Star Tours. Exactly. Geese droids. I I, I actually think they're called like goose droids or something that's like the, that. Yeah, that's what they yeah goose,
2: goose 001, something like that. Yeah,
1: they just rip the skin off them and say, "Hey,
2: there you go, droid." Hot. <laughs>
0: Pluck some feathers.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Alright. So the next spot that we go into is sort of like an Egyptian-themed kind of... You see the writing on the pillars, and there's sand, and the speech goes on here that they figured out how to make paper. And this is one of the first animatronics that I remember seeing. Even like this scene has not changed, I don't think, ever. And He's just sitting there with the rock just pounding on the papyrus to make the paper
3: This unknown egyptian pounding reeds flat is inventing papyrus a sort of paper Papyrus in turn creates better record-keeping of plans designs and unfortunately
2: taxes and you hear and
1: bang, 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 bang noise.
0: I love that sound it, it just mm. it, it's it's one of those it's one of those like auditory clues that just brings you back to it. Yeah. Like yeah. you know that's that's Disney. You know that's Epcot. That that pink pink pink.
1: Because that sound does not exist naturally
2: in anything. Yeah. yeah. No. That's not a real noise. No. Not even close to it.
0: We also get one of the worst jokes in the history of this ride.
2: There are a lot but of bad jokes in this, this version. This this is
0: one of the worst, man. When, I didn't write it. When I know you didn't
2: write it. <laughs> no, I didn't even write it in my notes. It annoys noise. Oh, rate. the uh,
0: where they get to keep records of everything, birth, death, and taxes. Well, it,
2: it it caused the invention of taxes.
0: Yeah, it's the worst. It's the worst. I didn't even know if part. it's a
2: joke. No, it's just yeah, a bad mean, script. It was just bad, bad script writing and bad delivery, in my opinion. Oh yeah. And then, oh, Tim's favorite part—he leaves.
0: <laughs> well, one of the one of the nice things about about this, as you go through, you know, kind of tying into the score that we talked about, is that the score itself is very—it's ongoing. But as oh, yeah. you go through each scene, it changes to the theme of the area. So this yeah, I can't takes, pronounce
2: the word that they call it.
0: Phigean. Sure.
2: <laughs> There's a an R and a Y and a G, and I'm like, yeah, no, this is not happening. Yes, and it's supposed it more representative of Middle Eastern, yeah, music it, than it, like. But,
0: but it, it's it, pretty cool that they changed the the um, the music to fit the the actual scene.
2: But they did it in Small World. I mean, this is not really anything truly yeah, new true. for Disney.
0: No, but it, it's pretty. It's a it's a nice feel. It 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 takes you into the scene rather than. Uh, just keep this one, one, uh, one kind of like score going through the entire ride.
2: So after that, the next scene is Tim's favorite scene. Mm-hmm. And this is where the Phoenicians live. And the Phoenicians are credited to making one form of language instead of using multiple forms.
3: At this point, each civilization has its own form of writing, which none of the others can understand. But the Phoenicians, who trade with all of them, have a solution. They create a simple common alphabet adaptable to most languages. Remember how easy it was to learn your ABCs? Thank the Phoenicians. They invented them.
2: So when you're learning your ABCs, who do you thank, Tim? You blame them. (laughs) Don't
1: thank them, you blame
2: the Phoenicians. I mean, And this is also explained so that it creates a simple common alphabet. The scene itself is really nice because you have like the boats and you see them trading and they're handing paper back and forth. And I, I like this scene personally, but it, it's Tim's blame. Tim's blame the Phoenicians.
0: I love this one uh, again, because, you know, uh, for those of you who have not passed eighth grade social studies, uh, the Phoenicians were essentially sailing merchants around the Mediterranean and you get this nice um, mural in the background with like lighted uh, lights from the cities behind them and they're on the uh, they're at port it's really cool it's a really cool scene simple but effective yeah. the Phoenicians and Greeks really blend together yeah because I mean the, if the <coughs> Phoenicians was a Greek word Phoenicia is a Greek word okay they, well it's Greek for they who die purple. Because they, their, their, uh, the Phoenicians' main export was purple cloth. Because they had this, they had the shell that they would crush to make a purple dye, and they were famous for it.
2: All right, true, sto- true story. Uh, I believe you. I just don't know why I would need to know that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, for me, I just, I know I would never retain that knowledge. I have no idea where that... I... <laughs> If you like purple cloth, thank the Phoenicians. <laughs> yes. There you go. <laughs> it's not like an insult. I just really, I know I'm not going to remember that. And I'm going to get it wrong when I try to say it next time. <laughs> <laughs> so next up, you have lessons in math. Being taught at a piazza in an ancient Greek city. And this is trying to show how math kind of invented the birth of technology which is a really far stretch in my opinion
3: the ancient Greeks were great inventors of the future first they established public schools and then begin teaching an intriguing new subject called mathematics and with math comes mechanical technology and the birth of the high-tech life we enjoy today
2: I mean, yes, I understand like where the theorem comes from, but yeah, they're, they're not building computers and stuff
0: quite yet,
2: but it's engineering, engineering, yeah, it's basic engineering, music,
0: I mean, this is Donald in Math Magic Land where he, uh, he goes into the, kind of the ancient Greeks and he learns about music through mathematics or games through mathematics, It, it, I, I can see where they stretch it, it's, it's a stretch,
2: It's a pretty big stretch. I mean, because we're looking at basic math Uh, and basic math. uh,
0: 2,000 year stretch.
2: Yeah, (laughs) a little bit. You know, it's nothing bad. But I I like, again, I like this scene as well. It's very. I'm I'm always fascinated by Roman and Greek mythology and history and stuff, so I just can't speak or say any of the words.
0: Yeah, no, the the Greek scene is really cool because it's a pretty. It's detailed a- animatronic, and it moves pretty well. It, it moves, moves smoothly, very fluid yes. yeah.
2: But it, it's a, just a pretty
1: scene, especially for 1.0 animatronic. Oh yeah, it's a 1.0. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it's been
6: fixed a few times.
1: Oh yeah, I'm oh, sure. sure.
0: But it, it's it's a good scene, and um, the the voice actor is actually speaking in ancient Greek, so it, it's very authentic.
2: Yeah, I can't. I, I I won't kill anybody with that.
0: The only the only word I understand is ki. Which is mathematics in Greek?
2: I would I would have guessed that, but I wasn't sure. (laughs) Like,
5: (laughs) do you say anything about a gyro? Because that's that's all that's all I got.
0: (laughs) Uh, It's a good one. I love I love a gyro. Oh, uh, shawarma. Shawarma. Shawarma and gyros are
5: which is just an open faced gyro.
0: Yeah, I could seriously go for some saganaki right now.
5: I bet you could.
0: It's flaming cheese, Mikey. So could you? Yes,
5: I, bet I could. <laughs> so we so are we leaving We're leaving Greece, land Greece now. We're, We're leaving, leaving Greece land. We're off the island. Hooray. It's return. not an island.
0: Okay. It's a peninsula.
5: So when you leave the peninsular region of the Mediterranean Greece land, you enter the um, the, the Rome scene, the one that everybody always likes to inhale that. Mm. Um, the the know, other
0: peninsular?
5: Yeah. I wouldn't know, Scott. I don't Europe.
1: There's, there's there
5: many... There are, and,
0: there's many candles
5: and made. diffuser oils and Is what scent? have you. It's the best
0: um, smell in all of Disney. And you, you enter know
5: this, this, this vignette, and uh, you, when you get into it, on, on your left, you're going to pass a large statue of Augustus. And you're going to see, um, if you look close, you see the Latin inscription from the first of the 12 tables of Roman law. I actually couldn't find out what the hell that said. It just always says it's from the first of the 12 tables of Roman law. So I don't know what the law is. I'm sure it's something about don't kill folks.
2: <laughs> That'd be well, the first law I would make. Not them. <laughs>
0: no. Well, no, they they're they're they really, were pretty pretty okay
5: with killing people. Yeah, they I were okay, okay well. with the killing. Maybe it was <laughs> yeah.
0: Pay your taxes. Of, uh, yeah. Yes. Oh, definitely, yeah, definitely Roman pay your taxes. taxes.
2: Pay your bills. Yeah.
5: And, and as as you pass the uh, the statue, you know you're going to see these two large columns that just you know really give you the theme of that you know it's it's old you know Roman architecture. And you're going to see, uh, standing in front of those columns, or on the other side, the columns are in between you, uh, and and the actual uh, action that takes place. You've got a, a Roman citizen dressed in a white toga, and he's talking to a Roman gladiatorial soldier, I would say. I mean, because he's got the red and the thing yeah, and the Yes, a,
0: a centurion. That's what I said. hmm
5: And uh, they're... Having a discussion, basically the toga man's giving him some type of a decree or a message that he's going to relay back. So you've got this uh, kind of showing you how communication is uh, is moving forward, and um, with uh, with the whole concept of Rome, you know, all roads lead to Rome. I think Jeremy Irons had that line. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, his again, his scene or his delivery here is way better. His lines are way better.
5: And it goes on to talk about how the, the concept of, of the Roman uh, Empire was just, you know, with, with the technology of building roads and, and, and all that stuff. Unfortunately, Judy Dench, her line is it was the first world wide web.
3: With lessons learned from the Greeks, the Romans create a powerful empire. To move their armies around, they build a system of roads all over the known world. Rome built the first worldwide web, and it's leading us into the future.
0: It was whop, whop. not. It is this. This is. Yeah, this is just, awful,
2: and it's, it's so, like, it's just, just is so the worst inaccurate. It's, it's so
0: patronizing. Yeah,
5: it's bad. It's bad. It's just like trying to make.
0: Okay. No, it's like, oh you yeah. really
5: need me you to say this? Hear now. It in her voice she, that she really Here's didn't want here's
0: to say how, it how the mind. first here's how the first reading this went. I'm sorry, guys, are you fucking kidding me? J- Dame, Dame just can't sound uh, like a woman. Yeah, I, mean, I can't. I can't something? We got to do it with this yes, music. you can. Yes, you can. <laughs> <laughs> we heard you, you may not
5: do it. We'll do the British, but you can do the woman. Yes, you can. We've heard you do <laughs> it. <domes>. Damn, Mikey <laughs> and Siemens. <laughs>
0: You, so can, you can you can, you can tell you can tell she hates this. She oh. hates her life right now.
5: <laughs> yeah, and if if now if you can suffer through that and just take in this vignette though, because you they they've added some depth to it because they've got another animatronic of uh, two animatronic horses that mm-hmm. move minimally, like the bare minimum for oh, them yeah. to move because they're just back in the back. They're gray, you know. They, they 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 wiggle a bit, and you can hear them. I think you know, like horses do. Mm-hmm. And then there's another animatronic back there, again, moving the bare minimum. He's holding uh, a lead to one of the horses. I will say, though, it is really cool to just look at the detail on that chariot. Oh, it's... There. Yeah, it's uh, real triangle. detailed. It's, obviously, that's the soldier's, you know, personal car. Um, just, I, I love that. Um, so, yeah, as you uh, leave that, and, of course, this is on the left, just continuing, you'll, you'll have another area on your left, and it's this. this is the, you know... Rome burning uh, scene, where you, you'll smell it before you see it, and uh, you'll go. You, you go in there and you see. You know, it's all lit up in the the reds and the ambers that you would see of a city that's you know on fire, um, and, and burning to ashes. Uh, it, it's it's dark. There's not a whole lot really to see. It's just you see the simulated flames and you can smell the the. This what is that smell? I mean, I know it's, it Rome, smells like something's burning, but
0: Rome I mean, burning.
2: No, Scott.
0: It's Rome burning. <laughs> no, no, Scott. Literally. It's not
2: really my, Rome burning.
0: My candle smell my candle says Rome burning. That okay.
2: smells well, also that,
0: now
5: they're, in they're just burning
2: uh,
0: It it smells like incense and charcoal, really. Yeah. You
5: know? I don't know. I was just it I just like incense, if not yeah. knew what that was really supposed to you know, it, it's what, definitely what got like a
0: was. uh like an incense smell, like almost like not quite like frankincense because that's a little sweeter, but it's it's definitely got like an incense smell and burning charcoal. It smells like a campfire. A
5: little bit. A little bit. And, oh my god, yes well, it does, and it's delicious. Well, I'm gonna drink me some. I'll like drink some bread. Rome Burning then. <laughs> I'll drink Rome Burning all day.
0: Especially when it's sherry finished.
5: <laughs> Can't get that. Um, so if now if you if you look close um, you can actually see to to help sell this whole Rome burning thing there's some some props that are actually some charred Phoenician scrolls that came from the previous scene with the Phoenicians they charred them up and threw them down uh, you know on around like litter to kind of help sell this you know to be because unfortunately when Rome burned a lot of the the, the most notable documents at the time went up in flames with them. Kind
2: of. Sort, of. sort of.
5: Sort of. Because that ties right into the next scene where you learn about the library of Alexandria in Egypt.
2: But then we hit
3: a roadblock. Rome falls and the great library of Alexandria in Egypt is burned. Much of our learning is destroyed, lost forever. Or so we think. It turns out there are copies of some of these books in the libraries of the Middle East, being watched over by Arab and Jewish scholars. Call it the first backup system.
5: Um, you, you leave the ruins of Rome on your left and to your right. You're going to come around a corner here, and you've got uh, these, these three guys sitting on some pillows. Uh, they're thinkers, and they're sitting around a table. They're scholars, and, and they're, they're, they're you know just discussing whatever thinkers discuss. I don't know. I don't speak the language. <laughs> but it sounds smart and uh, I, I, this is a really cool scene. I, I like it because of just the way it's lit. You've got all these um, shadows that fall on the animatronics and then on the back wall you've also got you know shadows and bright spots that are kind of like a pattern kind of thing. I, I think a, a, a lot of detail went into this little bitty scene that you just kind
2: of zip by real quick. This is one of the scriptings that changes the most though. Yes, it does,
5: because it.
2: Uh, she says Arab and Jewish. Yes, and it was. this has been all over the place. Like, if you listen to the original recordings, it was... I can't remember them off the top of my head.
6: For far across the land, from Cairo to Cordoba, Jewish teachers and Islamic scholars continued the quest for knowledge. In libraries of wisdom, they debated ideas and shared new discoveries with all who would listen.
5: Yeah, Jeremy Irons I think said Islamic, 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 yeah, yeah. Yeah. But now it's you know we're just gonna
2: group them all together. Well, I I I guess it. I mean, it kind of makes sense because it might have not just been the Islamic people, but I don't know. Like it just it's a weird phrasing to me. Mm -hmm.
0: You know, what's funny is that um, the uh, the Library of Alexandria actually was burned down by the Romans. <clears throat> they forget to mention that. Wow. Well. Yeah. So after after they Went burn it down, Rome. then they fill it back up and yeah.
2: When in Rome. Burn it down.
0: Burn it <laughs> to the ground. Burn this motherfucker down.
2: The roof. The roof. <laughs> the
5: roof is a And the and the for, and the floor's leaking water. What the <laughs> hell? <laughs> hell? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fucking domes. <laughs> they think How you're was right. it?
1: Experiment. Well, actually, I think that's where the leak was in their, um, the road So, yeah, you,
5: you, as, you, know, you go past these think so. thinkers, because there's a lot going on in this Library of Alexandria section. Um, you're going to pass the thinkers on their pillows, and you come across this astronomer who's up on high on a balcony. Um, and he's using an old 10th century quadrant which was actually modeled from a 10th century Islamic quadrant they were actually able to go take a look at at a museum. And they just, you know, oh, we're going to make one of those just like it. And they did. It. Um, the, the, again, this is really small. They did their best to make the use of their space. The astronomer's really well lit compared to the, uh, the blue and the purple. Lights in the back of him to make it look like he's, you know, got trees flanking him. And you see the shadows of it, and he's looking through the, uh, through the eye of his quadrant. And um, and then you go right from that. You go over and back on the left side. You, you go past this early uh, type of library with uh, with books on the shelves. And there's an older scholar again hanging out on the floor on some pillows. And he's got all of his little his little tools, to trade, the th- Thinkerman's tools. You know, um, it's a small scene. It happens
0: really, really <laughs> fast. You, you know what? But it's such a detailed scene, like. You've got it used to, to have three animatronics
5: in it, but they've, they've pared that down to just one. Yeah,
0: yeah it's one now. And, and it, well, honestly, like the scene. detail of the art... Like, forget You're the right. animatronic itself. Like, look behind him. The window carvings, the scrolls, the books that are saved on the shelves. I mean, it is a ridiculously detailed yeah. scene.
5: It, it's, th- th- I mean, this is setting the stage for... You know the scholars, the thinkers, and people thinking forward instead of thinking backwards, and and you know that's that's how you you improve society, and that's what where you know humanity was was, was going at this point to the point where the next one is uh, another favorite of a lot of people's. Um, you go into this uh, medieval monastery, and there's monks there, um, and uh, as as she tells you, they're working feverishly to uh, to basically translate manuscripts or to copy manuscripts by hand you know you got the the monk you see is holding a quill and you know he's writing down and and that that quill feather is actually a good trick for the anima or for the Imagineers, where they were able to you wouldn't have to move that hand nearly as much on the animatronic to show that movement because everyone's going to be looking at that that feather so it really tracks it really well so you you know that's something I noticed when I was watching the, the replay videos. Uh, but yeah, you got that, and then you pass the monk who's passed out asleep on his little table. Um, you can hear him snoring, and if you look close, you can actually see him breathing. Mm-hmm. So, and uh, some of those manuscripts, Disney actually went to um, the Huntington Library in uh, San Marino, California... And talked to the curator of rare manuscripts, and uh, she was their consult for recreating um, a lot of those uh, scripts that you see there as props, but they are recreations of period documents that these uh, these these monks would have been copying over. So,
0: yeah, it, it, again, a really cool scene. A lot of um, a lot of detail in this this kind of like dark age of scene. Uh, the stained glass windows in the back of wall are actually stained glass windows. They created those real windows and lit, you know, backlit them. Uh, very cool monastery scene. I like this one.
5: You call it the Dark Ages. They actually went to uh, a lot of work in twenty seventeen, I think, when they did mm-hmm. the last. Uh, they they well not a lot of work, but they added more lights to it with. Uh, some um, simulated candles, candles yeah. there, yeah, mm-hmm. to give it more more realistic, but at the same time provide more light to a to a. I mean, let's face it, most of this ride is freaking dark.
0: Yeah, I mean, we're this is just prior to kind of the early Renaissance. Uh, the next scene as you as you transition through the Dark Ages, you actually get to probably one of the. Uh, I'm gonna go out on a limb here and and say one of the most important moments in human history, and that's Gutenberg's printing press.
3: In 1450, Gutenberg invents the movable type printing press. Now knowledge can travel as fast as these new books, and travel they do. Books make it easier to invent the future in every field, and the result is an incredible explosion of innovation we call the Renaissance.
0: So as you, as you leave the Dark Ages, you, you enter into uh, what, what essentially looks like a, a, a workshop. Uh, you can see a fire burning in the stove. Um, there is books being pressed because for the first time ever, books are not being hand copied. They're being mass produced. And uh, Johann Gutenberg produces the... Uh, Mike, I know you want to say Steve Gutenberg...
5: I was actually just watching Please Academy 2 the other night. <laughs> it was on.
0: Um, so, yeah, the, the, the music kind of shifts to this hallelujah chorus, and uh, Johann Gutenberg is seen working the first movable-type printing press, which, again, is the one of the most crowning achievements in human history. This allows for mass production of information to go from person to person. Uh, the Gutenberg Bible is still the most widely produced and widely read uh, book of all time, even today. It is uh, it, it is a very very important and poignant scene uh, in in Spaceship Earth and in human history. Um, love love this scene because again. If you if you go through it, you see such detail. the mullioned glass windows behind the uh, behind the people working the printing press, Gutenberg checking his uh, checking the the press the actual press work itself. Uh, very very cool. Love the lighting here too. It's nice and gold and um, well lit. It's like got a nice goldish hue to it. So as you as you leave Gutenberg's uh, workshop. You head into uh, kind of like a, almost like a piazza. Again, we're back in we're back in the square because very very important to communication is that these were done in the town square, the piazza in in uh, Italy, and we see the Renaissance happening. We see people learning about uh, music, reading books, uh, doing stage performances. It is uh, lots of animatronics going on. Uh, some wonderful wonderful uh, murals in the background the uh uh the the uh, dome in florence the church in florence that uh I forget the El duomo the duomo in florence it is a beautiful church uh and really really great way from disney to uh to tell this very important portion of the uh of the renaissance as you look off to your uh, to your left there's a guy painting still life and it kind of shows the importance of it shows the importance of art in in renaissance italy or in renaissance um europe uh we have a person doing still life there's sketches on the wall that leonardo would have done um sculpture going on uh, there's uh, there's a guy carving a marble statue it is beautifully done and lots of lots of well moved uh, well moving animatronics here
2: however you get to the next scene yes <laughs> <laughs> Which is has to be, I think, the worst thing in the whole thing.
0: Yeah. I, again, this. So, look as we as we transition from a very open, very fluid scene, uh, we are then sent into the Sistine Chapel again. the The Hallelujah course is still playing, and you see scaffolding around you. You see these uh, the the, C- the Sistine Chapel ceiling, and. Uh, Michelangelo is painting on his back, which he did. This is actually how he painted the ceiling. Uh, But it is just a... It falls flat.
2: I mean, there's so much wrong. I mean, you know, you see all the detail that they put into these other scenes. Mm -hmm. And then you see the fake stained glass with the black light effect. Yeah, this isn't real stained glass here. It's just like... For all the work they put in every place else, this to me makes no sense. I understand why it's there. They could have left the walls black and it would have been bad.
0: Yeah, these My aren't opinion. real stained glasses. These are these are faux. Um, they're
5: real faux. They're blacklight faux. Oh yeah,
0: they're real bad.
5: They ain't faux real, they're real faux.
0: <laughs> the Sistine Chapel, if you've ever seen it, is absolutely magnificent. It is a crowning and hum- human achievement to paint uh, this beautiful fresco on your back I mean these are very very detailed it's hard enough to paint standing up Michelangelo painted this on his back you know on the ceiling and again very poor animatronics very lacking
2: I mean the paint br- it, it's the paintbrush is too far away from the painting even and you can see it even it's from a the giant view.
0: paintbrush too this is something yeah. you would basically do his
1: arm just moves back and forth yeah
0: not good not good no, no real script here because it's just uh, you're really supposed to be taking in the awe and beauty of the Renaissance and, and the art that that uh, came from that.
2: know oh, this takes. This is the worst jarring I have in this attraction, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, honestly, I I think what's missing here is more so the science from the Renaissance. Leonardo was look. Everyone knows it's him for controversial. his
2: controversial.
0: I know, but everyone knows in first paintings his science was way ahead of his time.
2: And his science is way controversial. That's I know with that.
0: But they should have had, they should have had like his Vitruvian man drawing on the wall. They should have had his flying machine. Flying machine. I, this
2: that kind of stuff they could have. This really. Yeah, but really they can't mixed. put it in because of the Daffengi code right now.
0: I love that. And it big. sounds stupid, movie.
2: but they can't put it in.
0: Love that. I love that book. Because
2: it's Something totally different.
0: Tom Hanks, Disney legend.
2: It's not a Disney movie, though.
0: No, it's not. But he is a Disney legend. Or is he? Is he already or will be? I don't
2: think he is I don't think he is I yet. Think he has yet
1: either.
0: I, th- I know Tim Allen is. Yes. And I, I can to assume that Tom Hanks is a Disney legend because he's, he's the only person to actually play Walt Disney.
2: I would assume so.
0: Uh no no Tom Hanks is not a Disney Legend yet that is
5: he has he has been Walter Elias Disney
0: that is a crime against humanity
2: they're gonna wait till he dies yeah like it
0: pretty much wow I I mean the his movie was literally the inspiration for an entire theme park and ride and that was Splash Michael Eisner wanted uh, a movie, studio, place and yeah, Splash
2: that movie is bad
0: yes it is, it is horrible. horrible what? yes Mikey John
2: Candy? well yes not his best work it's not a good movie
0: no it's not
2: Daryl Hannah yeah, I would have thought okay.
0: What about Big? No, John Candy's best movie is, is still I'm The Great big. Outdoors.
5: No, Tom Hanks was in Big, not John Candy.
0: I know, I'm saying Tom. i said John Candy's best movie is The Great Outdoors. Love that yeah. movie.
5: Is that better? Summer Rental.
0: Uncle Buck. Uncle Buck is oh, great. God, Uncle Buck. I
5: love Uncle um, Buck. <laughs> quarter and have a rat and all that thing.
0: Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, as we... As he was
1: also barf. I mean, you just... Had- oh, yeah.
0: Yes, he is. I'm my own best friend.
1: I'm a morgue.
0: <laughs> and, it, look, we've now gotten three Mel Brooks plane, references. trains and
1: automobiles.
0: <laughs> oh, plant Yes. Oh, God. Great movie. All right. got to move on from the Renaissance. Yes.
1: <laughs> yes, and th- this is where things kind of take a turn, because the next scene gets so chaotic.
0: I mean we jump I mean, we, we jump what four hundred years. Yeah, you know. It's yeah. a spaceship you're fine. Two hundred years
2: actually. It's hot tub tie machine, you're good.
0: hmm
1: Into the Industrial Revolution, you're you're immediately hit with the noise of a loud steam press. And this is another weird part of this scene, there's a, a newsie in the corner. Facing the wrong way with this extra extra read all about he it. He didn't
0: always face the no, wrong way. No, this is the
1: weird thing. No, this is the weird thing it. about it. I don't understand it at all.
0: Like originally that, that kid faced forward and he was trying to sell you the paper. Why they right. turned him around, I just don't get it.
2: I don't
1: and they turn around and he's just facing a
2: wall. It's creepy as fuck. It's, it's right it's up there really with like creepy. um the Blair Children Witch the Project Corn. kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's the Children of the Corn.
1: So then you see uh, a Morse code telegraph room. And you have that loud noise of the, the Morse code telegraph being uh, broadcast. And then you move from there to a switchboard where there's three phone operators just all of them are, are talking and I'll connect your call, I'll connect your call and you see shadows in windows of people on their phones. You move to a cinema marquee and back in those times people got their news from mm-hmm. the movies. You go to the movies and you get your news before the movie and the screen plays a clip of Jesse Owens in his 1936 Olympic win and then there's a scene of a Radio studio, where they're they're recording a radio program at the time, with the you know they didn't have TV, so everything was radio. What? It's just a very loud radio.
2: What's that? I like both.
1: <laughs> yeah. So. And it's ragtime music being played in the background. It's just a loud. I mean, I guess it's kind of symbolic because that's when you know everything was. Industry, industry was coming up and it was so hectic and chaotic and but it's just it's too much
0: yeah it, i mean
1: sensory overload for the scene it's a
0: it's a very again symbolic for the time tim like you said it's mm-hmm. a very fast paced the industrial revolution happened like overnight yeah. it was a very fast paced time where things were popping up left and right new inventions uh, were, were i mean it was rampant and makes sense, but it's very loud, very chaotic.
1: Especially coming off of the boring scene like the, the last one in Michelangelo.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: It's just shocking. Yeah. It's
5: one of my favorite scenes, though. I just love it. I
1: like it, too. I like it, too. But I, I like still, the way it just... looks.
5: I love looking up and seeing all those uh, cables strung from building to yep. building, and just. I, I just. I love that. I'm, I'm, it kind of reminds everything.
1: me. It kind of ties in for me. Ties in. Um, Carousel of progress. Yeah. Yes. Very much so.
0: Yeah. No, I. I really. I really liked. I really like the scene. Uh, Take
1: a word for it, Mikey.
0: <laughs> the. Uh, <laughs> the. Uh, the cinema scene is really cool because you're right. The. The news came from you know those uh, early movies where you'd go to the films, you'd have the newsreel of what's going on with the war, or what's going on in the world, you know. Uh, Kind of a, a pseudo propaganda, but also that was the only way to get your news other than the other than radio. It's very cool. the The switchboard is actually a replication of an actual model switchboard supplied by AT and T, who used to sponsor this ride. So AT and T actually gave them a, a switchboard. Said, "Here you go, recreate it," and they recreated it identical.
1: Whose logo is a sphere?
0: Yep.
2: Very cool. Is this where I? Is this me now? Oh yeah, it is. Yes. So the next screen, we jump about what is it about? Fifteen years? When does that scene actually end?
0: So uh, Um, thirty, yeah, thirties.
2: Thirties, forties, yeah. So So about thirty years. So we we jump to nineteen sixty nine. You're seeing a room which extremely seventies looking. Oh,
0: I love it though. I want that living room.
2: We used to have that carpet in
1: this house. Pretty much. orange Jack carpet.
2: <laughs> and on the TV, you have the broadcast of Apollo landing. Landing on the moon, Mikey.
3: By now, we're all communicating from anywhere on Earth. And in 1969, from somewhere else. That's one
2: small step for man. One giant leap
0: for mankind. Who who's on that?
2: Featuring Walter
0: Cronkite. Oh.
1: <laughs> it, now, okay. Wasn't there I mean I don't know if it still is, but wasn't there a mousetrap game in the back there of
0: the street? There is, is yeah, it's, still it's, in there. The carpet. it's
2: still
1: there. It's still there. The thing uh, that is w- gone
0: is the Beatles album. The white album used to be uh in the corner and it's not there anymore.
1: Well the girl wasn't the girl holding it at one point.
0: She was holding it and then they put it in the corner. It's removed completely now.
5: That's because they will straight sue you for shit. Oh, they, yep, pretty much. (laughs) They will. I'm sure
1: Paul McCartney sent a cease to this list and get that out of there.
5: (laughs) I I secretly wish that this is what the living room to my farmhouse on Living With The Land would look like when you walk (laughs) through that door. (laughs) Because I just, I want to stay at that farmhouse but I want to stay in this room <laughs> because it just looks so just so cozy I mean you know me I you, that, that orange shag carpet was comfortable it's, it looks comfy it is.
0: we used to have burgundy shag carpet in my first house in St. Louis it, it was so comfy I
5: remember having to rake the shag carpet after mom <laughs> yeah. would vacuum because it, it would get all funky
0: if you did it. Yeah. yeah. With this,
5: this little b tiny rake.
0: When you when you vacuumed it, you could do mowing patterns. You could. <laughs> yep. Well, you could.
5: God knows you would, Scott.
0: I used to. You can write your name in yes. it. Oh, I I do love this room. It is perfectly decorated. It's so mid century modern. It is not even funny.
2: And and it's calming when you're coming from that chaotic mm-hmm. scene before. And. Right after that, you're treated to the first semi-modern, I guess you would call it. I don't know when this is supposed to take place, to be perfectly honest with you.
3: To send a man to the moon, we had to invent a new language. Spoken not by man, but by computers. At first, very large, very expensive computers. But we see the potential.
0: I'd call this like late 70s. 70s. Mid, yeah. mid- well, to late, mid- yeah, mid 70s. because
1: the go-go boots and...
2: But yeah, she has the go-go boots, so she looks like she's going to a disco. We're, Of course, talking about Foxy Love, the girl scientist, sitting with her pen sometimes in her hand, sometimes it fell out it's and on it's the on floor. the floor. And you have, <laughs> and you have banks of pretty much computers. Nobody's gonna know what those real twirls are in a couple more years, <laughs> so I don't know why they're even there. <laughs> I mean, I,
0: th- I think it's for shock value. Like this is one computer. <laughs>
2: Yeah, modern phones have more computing power than that. And I guarantee you, kids don't know what any of that stuff is. Oh, no. It just looks up, light up buttons, Mm -hmm. and big wheels turning.
0: Yeah, and look, very, very dated, but again, great scene. I do love the staircase that leads to nowhere. I mean, it's an
2: awesome scene. That's a dangerous
0: staircase. Let's let's talk about the staircase. That thing is super dangerous. There's no handrail. Well, it's, it,
1: it's not no it oh, wheels, open treads. Yeah, open ears.
0: treads. <laughs> no risers. No risers. It is literally like boards shoved into a metal like beam that goes in a, at an angle.
5: I'm pretty it's sure light. they don't want you walking on it. Yeah, <laughs> well, <laughs> the whole th- thing is like so bright white and sterile. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's got well, this, the old,
1: uh, old computer, well, computer rooms, rooms back then were clean rooms. Yeah, mm-hmm.
5: right, they right. Were clean. But it has this, it had to be. you know, so
1: the least little static will destroy, uh, you know. A multi-million dollar computer <laughs> please yeah, you get a
2: dust particle on one of those tapes and you're done
1: yep and I I remember there was a story of how Foxy Love had got her name and I for life of me, I can't remember it right now
2: oh, I don't know there was the story I think it's
1: funny that it's one of the only animatronics that actually has mm-hmm. a fan given name oh yeah
0: well, Foxy Love, so the, there is an actual character, Foxy, I think it's Foxy Love, in Drawn Together.
1: No. No, it's um, Foxy
0: Cleopatra. No, yeah. well, her name was Foxy Foxy Love. Well, Foxy no, or was it Foxy was Brown. The, Foxy, Foxy, Brown. Foxy Brown. Foxy Brown is what they call her in... No, Foxy Brown was from uh, Austin Powers.
2: Right. Yeah. So where did Foxy Cleopatra come from?
0: I thought that was oh, Austin oh, Powers. that was Austin Powers. Austin Powers. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I think Foxy Brown was drawn together.
0: No, Foxy Love is drawn is drawn together. I don't know. Yeah. Um,
2: It's been a very long time since that program has been on the air. (laughs) Foxy Brown's a rapper. Yes, that's what it was. Foxy Brown was the rapper. Clum babies. Clum babies. Clum babies. Yes,
0: that show. It was such a great (laughs) show.
2: (laughs) Octopusois.
0: (laughs) <laughs> if you have not seen Drawn Together, just YouTube it. La la
2: la 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 la, baby, you got something
0: for me. <laughs> oh, Xander, I loved I loved the scene when Pikachu the Pikachu character learns how to drive.
2: That was awesome. It's a funny, twisted joke. It
0: is so fucked up. It's not twisted, Adam. It's fucked up.
2: I loved it. It's twisted. I loved it. It is
1: twisted. Was great. But her full name was Foxy Shacoafa. <laughs> there you go.
0: <laughs> great, great cartoon. Now oh, sheet man. na- now many Sheeters are like, I've never heard of this, and now you're binge watching this. Well, it's
2: <laughs> oh yeah, this is exactly what will happen now.
1: It was real world meets like <laughs> caricatures of famous. Oh, yeah, cartoon characters.
2: Yep
0: yeah <laughs> okay back on track back on this, uh, this by, by back <laughs> on the omni mover yeah back on the spiral track up the top of the, the, the Epcot ball
5: okay so this if you're trying to figure out what our time frame is here um, this next scene opens up with something from the late 70s as you leave this uh, well well manicured um, suburban home, you immediately get thrust outside into a late 1970s California evening. Uh, you hear, you know, urban noises in the background, dogs barking, crickets chirping. You hear traffic, and parked right there, right up front, that you go scooting past is. Anybody know what model that uh, vehicle a is? Chevy Chevy Vega. It's a Vega. Is it a Vega? It's Chevy yep. it's Chevy Vega. It's. it's from what I could tell, it's it's, a, 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 a it's like a '76 Vega, Vega or so, you know yeah. close to that same year. Um, it's parked out in front of a garage. The garage got the doors open so you can drive through them. And um, you do you drive right into the garage. Your your vehicle goes right into this garage. And when you enter it, if you look to your right, it looks like any old normal garage. You know, with trash cans, bags, of trash, clutter piled up, lawn tools, bicycle ice skates just normal garage shit but if you look to your left it is a technophiles wet dream it's got all kinds of technology uh, from from the late 70s I mean you've got you've got old um, stereo equipment up on a rack Uh, you got of course you still got trash everywhere You got this dude sitting in a a folding chair in front of a little table and, you know, he's got this button-down shirt tucked into his denims and he's got these ridiculous headphones on and and he's at this keyboard not hitting a single key.
3: What if everyone could have one of these amazing machines in their own house? There's just one problem. They're as big as a house. The solution comes in, of all places, a garage in California. Young people with a passion for shaping the future put the power of the computer in everyone's it, hands. D- does
5: he? Does this thing even move? No, I don't think no, so. It no, it doesn't okay. really move at all. Yeah, no, he's he's he just at this keyboard, this tiny keyboard. And if I was watching a video and they zoomed in on it, and he's got this this display monitor in front of him, this old uh, cathode tube display CRT. Just, yeah, it's in it, a
1: wooden. It's in a wooden box. It's yes. in a wooden box. It's mm-hmm. in a wooden box
0: mm-hmm. with cardboard on the front just, of it.
5: Yeah, and it's just running lines of code, basically, is all it's doing. And then you got this open pizza box sitting beside him. It's got pepperoni stains all around the top of it. I mean, this this is it's a straight a dis. You know, it very well could be my bedroom at home.
2: (laughs) No, you're forgetting the (laughs) '70s light box in the corner. Oh no, I'm not not (laughs) forgetting it. But yeah, you've got that sitting there, and it's got like
5: some Christmas
0: lights hanging on it. There is a Luxo lamp. Mm Mm-hmm.
5: Um, and you know it. Is it Bill Gates? Is it Steve Jobs? Is it a combination of both? No one's really coming out saying. It They're looks so like, to... it looks don't like Steve Jobs. I think it's Job.
0: supposed
1: to be Jobs. Yeah. I think it's supposed to be Jobs. I think so too.
5: I can't see Bill Gates driving a Vega.
1: Why is it Wozniak? It could
0: be. It could be, it could be either or. It could
1: be. He's rocking a beard. Did
0: Wozniak have a beard?
2: Yes.
5: Yeah.
1: yeah. He still does. Yeah.
5: He did on the Dancing with the Stars. <laughs> um, now if I saw you know this video I watched they, they zoomed in on like because on the wall behind him when he's hammering away at the birth of personal computers that wall is just covered with newspaper articles and magazine clippings and all kinds of stuff that you, you can't see I would love to get a chance to get out of the car out of the vehicle and just stand there and see what they've got up on the wall because oh. I think a lot of them are real I think a lot of them aren't um, I saw one article, I zoomed in on it, and it says, it's, a, it's like a newspaper article, and the headline says, Sense of Humor Donors Sought.
2: <laughs> That's awesome. So right. I was like...
1: So, oh yeah, all you have to do is stand up in that portion, and they'll shut the right... Thing. Oh yeah, they'll there you go,
2: and you get, and out and get escorted out of the right. park while you're at it, good answer. <laughs> um,
5: there's just, there's so much going there, and I know there's some uh, some hidden, hidden Mickey-age happening right here, there's just... Uh, a whole lot i would i would i would love to just look at all the stuff because there's i can't even touch the tip of the iceberg here with with how much just techno mm-hmm. 1970s oh yeah just stuff And, uh, you know, your vehicle goes out the back of this garage, you take the red pill, and you go in the Matrix.
1: I would love to do, like, a behind-the-scenes tour. Oh, yes.
5: Even even both sides of the track, because even the other side where it's supposed to look like a normal everyday garage just has so much... I know there's Easter eggs all over the place. Oh, God, yes. You can't have something that cluttered and not have, uh, you know...
0: The Imagineers must have had a field day with this one. This is probably their favorite scene that they designed. I have been stopped in a lot of these scenes from time to time where you, you know, because, again, this is an omni-mover, so when a guest with disabilities has to uh, get on the ride, they either slow it down or stop it completely. And you do get stopped for a good portion of time. I've never been stopped in this scene.
1: Yeah, I don't think we have been either. I don't think we have either. We've been stopped in Rome plenty of times. Stopped in
0: Rome, stopped in Greece a lot. I always seem to get stopped Stopped right next to the the, uh, the Grecian uh, lector. I would love to just sit and look at this thing.
5: We, we need to make friends with some cast members.
0: We do. Something that can stop the ride. Um, I right. don't like their jobs. So the Matrix happens.
3: Together, we form a super network that glows with billions of interactions. And once again, we
2: stand on
1: the brink of a new renaissance. Is this the Matrix? Yeah, there's a whole bunch of Oh, code yeah. The Matrix. Just,
5: yeah, you just, it, it's yeah. like, oh, my God, now I'm traveling through the Internet, and time's traveling fast, and it's just, it is. It's just, it's ones and zeros, bits and bobs, and they're green, and they're flying over your head. Um,
0: I had a screensaver like this in, like, 1999.
5: Yeah, pretty yeah. much. It's, it's yeah. That, that, that's all it is.
0: Right after the Matrix happened, everybody wanted that Matrix code as your yes. screensaver. Uh, for your your pc.
5: Yep. And then, and then that's all there is to to that. I mean, yeah. You, you move on after you swirl through the uh the, the binary.
0: But that that brings us to probably one of the most magnificent magnificent yeah, am yeah. well, good, mag, huh? Yeah. It's that magnificent. good. magnificent scenes. Choking on scenes. the Siemens. <laughs> one of the most magnificent scenes in the entire ride.
3: After 30,000 years of time travel, here we are, a truly global community, poised to shape the future of this, our spaceship Earth.
1: Yes, and it's the, the literal and figurative crescendo of the attraction, because all throughout the ride, you're spiraling up to the top, to the cupola of the dome, the top dome.
0: And the, and the, and it's, the soundtrack's uh, building up to it.
1: it's a giant planetarium. The whole room, you're filled with stars, and up in the corner, there is a brightly lit model of the Earth. And I think the narration is talking about how Earth is our spaceship floating through the universe. And we need to make the most of it. Um, And as as you're traveling through this planetarium, you're time-traveling vehicle is doing a 180 turn to start your descent towards the end of the ride. And this this scene for me is always it's just awe. Oh. I mean there's nothing here but stars and then the Earth, but it's just awe oh, because you actually feel like you're just out floating in space. You spend this whole time traveling through Earth, through the time periods of, of Earth and technology, and then all of a sudden Boom. you're in space, looking at Earth from
0: afar. It's such a, it really does make you feel, uh, it makes you feel small.
4: Yeah.
0: It really does. Now, a lot of people think this is a video projection of the Earth on the dome. It's actually a model. Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: it's a model, backlit model. Yeah,
0: and that's why people are like, I don't understand why the, the Earth can't move and we can't see it rotate. Well, first of all, it would be rotating really fucking ridiculously slow and you wouldn't see it anyways.
1: You wouldn't see it anyway yeah. And this is actually redone a few times. The the model of Earth.
0: Yeah, it's it's, it's such a beautiful scene. Absolutely love it. And, and again, the music here, yeah. uh, Bruce Broughton's music here just pairs perfectly with this this last look at Earth. Yes. Which then takes us to
2: the, the mirrors with the tri- lights the triangles. <laughs> well they're mirrors that's all it is <laughs> it, it's mirrors and a few lights just it's like an infinity oh like yeah. yeah
0: this is the one that if you if you're looking back uh, you know you're looking up at the lights and you swivel your head side to side it can make you pretty dizzy
4: mm-hmm.
1: some of them are blue some of them are
2: white well they're LEDs
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, I mean it's a cool little room it's a cool little trick if you don't know how it happens but it, it looks like you're going through an infinity room full of lights. Yeah. Pretty much. And then your little screen starts yapping at you. <laughs> <laughs> Best way touch, me, pay <laughs> touch me, touch yes, me, touch me. I'm over here, attention. I'm over here. Look at me, look at me. And um, it's going to ask you a series of questions. And watching a few ride-throughs, we realize we have a tendency to choose the same questions over and over again. But depending on how you answer your first question will change the next few questions to fit that particular thing. If you want to go into the the,
0: cave, turn to page 43. Pretty
2: much. Yes, I can choose your own identity (laughs) story. It's exactly what it is. Because it's it's, like the first one is what you're interested in most. And that's homework, health, and leisure. And then after that, it just expands and expands Mm -hmm. and expands. And I'm not going to go over all of it. But... That picture you took at the beginning is now <laughs> kind of cut into this video if the picture is sort of good enough for it to work.
6: Welcome to the future. Or should I say, your future. Yeah, it's
2: jib-jabbed. And, yeah, oh, pretty it's much. Yeah. It's total jib-jabbed. Well, it's total jib-jabbed. But this is before jib-jab. This is well before jib-jab. And you, you get a little, cute little cartoon that you could take. You can email it to yourself after the attraction's over.
1: Yeah, pro tip, don't wear sunglasses or a hat. Yeah. Because it will mess up your picture. And yep.
2: Your cartoon will look funny. Well, the cartoon always looks funny, especially if you make a funny face.
1: Yeah, that's how we we, t- we tend to do it now because we've done it so often. We just make stupid faces and see. <laughs> <laughs> All
5: right, that's a challenge. I want to shoot your challenge of uh,
2: funny faces on these uh, videos.
1: We leave our glasses on on purpose. No, I, sli- I started taking sideways. my glasses
2: off because it would reflect too much. And then I would be just a black head sometimes mm-hmm. with just like no or the, features at your, all.
1: Your eyes will become like transparent. Mm. And you just see the back.
2: <laughs> it was I weird.
0: Yeah. I, I, I like this portion of it. It's, I mean, literally, if you didn't have this, if you guys think back to um, before it was this, there was just triangles on the wall and you yeah, looked at nothing just, and just kind of floated backwards until you got back to the. To the, uh, to the end of the ride. Yeah. So it's, it's a nice... It's a nice way to distract you from looking at blank walls.
2: I just don't think they can figure out how to properly end this attraction. And I think that's what the real issue is. Well,
0: I think this is the only way because you have a very long descent from the descent. top.
2: Yeah,
1: because, I mean, if you think about it, you're riding... 14 minutes of this ride is spiraling up to the top. Yeah, right, but they have to... And then you have to get down in one shot. But
2: they have to make it work all the time. Because the second it doesn't work, and you're that cartoon, you're looking every place but at that screen.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, because we've been on it once where our screen didn't work. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, and there's nothing to look at. It's just black walls. Mm
4: -hmm. Mm-hmm.
5: Yes. Disney need to put more screens in. Damn it. (laughs) You're good at that. hmm
0: so yeah, as you as you uh, exit the ride, you're you're brought back to a very similar situation in which you entered the ride—a a kind of a turntable—and your time travel vehicle opens and you exit, and then you are thrust into uh, a post-show. So this is really there's there's a couple of um, couple of areas. The first is is kind of called Earth Station, um, and that's that's where you walk out, and there's basically a uh, a big map. And it shows kind of. You'll see your face if the if your photo was taken. You'll see your face, and then it'll like, you know, rocket shoot you into where your location that you chose, uh, where you're from. Because when you when you first start this ride, you get to choose where you're from. You pick the location. You pick your your state, your city, whatever it is, and it'll it'll then shoot you there, and it'll show all the people that have been riding the ride and where they're from, and it, it's kind of a cool effect, it's kind of a nice effect uh, to kind of see. How many people from around the world do visit Walt Disney World? Um, now, uh, Siemens is, is no longer the sponsor, but there is still some of the uh, uh, some of the remnants of their technology. So, Project Tomorrow, inventing wonders of the future, was a a uh, post show segment where you would again go into these exhibit spaces that uh, that would show you different things about Siemens technology. Now. All of this stuff is still there. It's just not sponsored by Siemens anymore. Um, there is the Bodybuilder, which is a 3D game that challenges guests to reconstruct a human body, and it does feature a, uh, a noble and lovable character that we all, uh, well, we we know the voice of, but uh, Doctor Bones, voiced by Wallace Shawn, Party Source Rex.
5: Mm-hmm. Inconceivable. Yeah. <laughs>
1: In-
0: inconceivable. He's the he's the Sicilian. Uh, the yes. other the other ri- or the other um, uh, exhibit that you can go check out is Super Driver, which is a driving simulation video game featuring vehicle accident and avoidance system that Siemens really helped to create uh, back in the uh, back in the mid two thousands. Um, it's supposed to simulate what what the future of driving is and your smart car and. Um, and kind of all of these different things, but it is—it uh, is essentially you're trying to stop the city from being destroyed. Uh, you're supposed to drive around and kind of save the city, and using these these crash avoidance things. It's—it's—it's uh, it's, uh, it's there. <laughs> have, have, have you guys ever done any of these things?
1: We walk around it. I've we never. Walk around and watch other people do it. Yeah.
0: The, the bodybuilders is, is kind of cool. Uh, you put on these 3D glasses and you get to kind of like do uh, like surgery. You're Not really surgery, but you get to like reconstruct bones. Um, you, you get to kind of play around. It's, it's pretty fun. Um, no, I've
5: never done that one.
0: Power City is a large digital shuffleboard style game, um, which has guests race around the board to try to power the city. Basically, you have to like... Put things in locations, you know, from a digital projection mapping perspective, and and move things around to help power the city. Um, it, it's basically a giant uh, projection mapping thing where you move and push things. You know, you guys remember uh, Power? Uh, was it Power Arcade back in the night? Back in the nineties, the Nickelodeon show, the arcade video, like the arcade game show. And they had, like, the thing where you would pop the bubbles and stuff like that. That's based on the. Oh, my God. Yes, I do yeah. remember that. I can't think of the <coughs> name I don't know of what
5: the show. It was called, but I, I do remember that. That was... Like,
0: something, something arcade. Called. Nick Arcade. Maybe it was Nick Arcade. I don't know. I yeah. Uh, and the last one is Intervision, which is a coordination reaction time <coughs> game with elements similar to Simon and Dance Dance Revolution. So, Mikey, grab your pickaxe and uh, make sure you follow the pattern. Okay. <laughs>
5: Yep. Oh, I had no problem getting that. You know me.
0: Yep. Red, orange, red, 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 orange, red.
5: Purple. Yes. Yeah, (laughs) purple. Yeah, everybody got the purple when the storm ruined.
0: Yeah. Uh, Now in the uh, in the post show area, there is actually a VIP lounge which still exists today. Uh, It was it was taken over by Siemens when they were a sponsor, nicknamed uh, Base Twenty One. Uh, but in 2012, the name was dropped, and it's just simply it was known as the Siemens VIP Center. And when they left the lounge in uh, 2017, Disney took it over. So it's it's basically a VIP lounge for Disney guests, if they take you if you get lucky enough to get up there. I still kick myself to this day because my dad used to work for Siemens back in like 2013, and I never took advantage of that.
1: We actually had a, an acquaintance that was gonna get us up there the year Siemens dropped their mm-hmm. sponsorship. And it happened right before our trip, so they literally shuttered the lounge right when it happened, so we couldn't we could no longer go up there.
0: It's a the little It's a really cool lounge. It's very futuristic. Um, there is a, there's a lot of lot of kind of like History of Siemens, what they've done over the over the years. Um, it's pretty cool. It overlooks the Project Tomorrow. So when you're in there, uh, the, you know, soft drinks, whatever you want. You know, nothing fancy. Coffee, soft drinks. Uh, there's a soda machine. And then you can overlook the VIP... Uh, or the, overlook the uh, Project Tomorrow. Touch, uh, you know, kind of section.
1: Well, after going to the GM Lounge, it was, I was my... Uh Challenge to visit all
0: the lodges. I have not been. Yeah, now you gotta PA pay for that.
5: <clears throat> It's a bold move, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off.
0: Hmm. Hmm. <sighs> now, you there's actually some pretty cool windows that actually look out into the uh, Interventions Plaza. Uh, it, it's a nice view of the what Interventions Plaza. Okay.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's not
1: there. Can see, you can see <laughs> it from <laughs> <laughs> Interventions Plaza. You can see it. Yeah.
0: Um, uh, it, it's, it's kind of got a cool view of the area. Uh, you can see the, the giant... Well, sometimes it's a giant hidden Mickey uh, floral uh, display. Other times, it, that's where they put the uh, uh, topiaries. Yes. Usually Daisy and Donald are there. But very nice lounge. Very nice lounge.
2: It, it, that whole area is going to be changing, though. So. Oh, yeah. yeah.
0: Yes, it is. But you'll still
2: all a bunch of go away green
1: walls. Man.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, as we finish up the the show, what are, I want to talk about some of our favorite scenes. We I know we've we've gone over them. Adam, what's your favorite scene in, in the entire ride?
2: I mean, besides the planetarium. I don't know if I'd call that a scene, though.
0: It's a scene, definitely.
2: Well, I like the planetarium. I also like Foxy yeah. Brown, but I don't know if I. It's just because of the character. I don't know if I technically care for that scene. I would, But I do love the music to The Planetarium. I Disney think legend. The Planetarium is my favorite.
0: Yeah, it's a wonderful, mm-hmm. wonderful scene. And, and you're right, the music makes that so amazing.
1: It's totally BBC America. Popular. Oh, God, yes.
0: Give me David Attenborough. Right, as you say, it goes make it happen. David it all comes back to David Mikey, what about you?
5: I'm torn between the uh, the chaos that is the Wozniak garage, and just the scene kind of right there before that, with the uh, the family watching TV, the game of uh, mousetrap on the floor, and the boys playing with a Saturn V model rocket. <sighs> I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I I think I think I would probably end up going for the this the this the simple, you know. Uh, moon landing living room thing because uh, I never had a normal childhood
0: <laughs> I, I'm i going to echo that I love the moon landing scene because there you get to watch uh, the actual broadcast with Walter Cronkite and when he when he kind of like steps back and you can see him and you can watch him become human for a moment and be like I'm going to take myself out of just a news reporter and be like Holy shit! We just landed on the moon. He kind of like, you know, puts his head in his hand and and really just fathoms, fathoms what just happened in in the world. And it, it's such a moving scene that uh, that really really shows the the ingenuity of humankind, what man can do when they put their mind to it. What about you, Tim? What's your favorite?
1: I have to do a Blame the
0: Phoenicians.
1: (laughs) Just because I have to say that every time. Mm -hmm. It it, it annoys Adam. It
2: doesn't really annoy me. I just find it funny.
0: You know, and and what's what's funny is that 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 scene is there in the Jeremy Irons, but it's not so campy.
2: No, it's not. No.
6: Phoenician merchants established the earliest commercial highways, trading goods and information at distant parts of Corinth. To aid in record keeping, they created the first common alphabet and shared this new tool across the Mediterranean.
0: Terrible, terrible writing, absolutely terrible writing. Whoever wrote this script now originally Ray Bradbury wrote the script when this was basically eighty-two to ninety-four. Uh, obviously, Ray Bradbury did not write this last one. Now, with the with the rumors of it closing. Or uh, refurbing for like two years. I don't. I don't see this happening anytime soon.
2: I don't think it's gonna take two years. Right. I think it really depends on how detailed construction gets in that area. That they might actually have to close the entrance.
0: Well, the construction really ends at the. F- well, no, because the fountain goes away. It kind of ends yeah. right before that last pillar. The, the front pillar, because it's kind of a tripod. Well, they're
2: also doing work on the entrance itself too. No, I'm talking about the entrance of the attraction, where the queue is and everything. That oh.
0: I think the I, I think oh, the entrance, the entrance for Epcot stops. Well, the the construction is going to stop at that first pillar, that that front pillar. Um, yeah, but
2: even if it stops there, that's not leaving a lot of people to walk through.
0: No, I I, I just don't see them closing it for two years to do. I, that's a long time to do construction on this. Because it was closed for, well, no, actually no, because it was closed for almost. 14 months when they were doing the Mm -hmm. renovations in 07, 08. Or 06, 07, really.
1: At this point, there's not much left to do in future World. So,
2: I mean, yeah. Can can I picture it? Yes. I mean, especially because there's no sponsor for it. There's a chance. I don't don't see it. It hasn't been announced. We'll probably learn something at T23 this weekend, but...
0: I would be really pissed if they go IP and do some sort of Disney tie into this. I don't think so. I, I hope that I hope to God they don't.
2: I think it would be harder to retrofit an IP in this than anything else.
0: We could probably put Wally in there. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm saying us. Yeah, we could. <laughs> we put him everywhere. Yeah, well. pretty much.
5: <laughs> I get. Can I get
0: my Wally in your domes? <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, look. Wall-E uh, world.
1: Yeah, I like it too. The moose outside should have told Shorn you. Candy.
0: there's there's plenty to look at in in spaceship earth uh go over to our facebook group facebook.com slash group slash three sheets and we when we post the show to the actual page uh comment with your favorite scenes comment with your favorite moments of spaceship earth whether it is the rome burning smell or uh the the uh, blame the phoenicians or the planetarium let us know what you love about the ride Um, Mikey. Scott. You know, we didn't get to talk about it because you, uh, you were in Houston last week. I, I don't know if you were prepping for a launch or you, going up in space, whatever you're doing. Um, but we wanted to talk about some of the shirts that you just released on Magic Meltdown.
5: Yeah, yeah. Put up some uh, some stuff right before big summer blowout, so there's uh, there's definitely a shirt to tie in if you're headed down there and celebrating BSB. Of course, you don't have to celebrate it to buy the shirt. I'd encourage you to buy it anyway. Uh, and uh, you know, Sheeters Assemble, which uh, was something I, I threw together a while back when uh, James C. Madge was feeling it on, on a Disney trip. I think Tim and Adam may have also been, been
0: around. It mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, uh... Shan Trostle was there? Was there. Shan? Shan was it Shan? Shan? said it, yeah. Oh. Uh,
5: I James think Shan coined that, that phrase. Thing. Well, James was there.
0: Yeah, James was there. It was James, Shan, Trostle, Wozni? No, it was I in Wozni, because it
1: was during, um... Star Wars races.
0: Okay, yeah. It was Star Wars race weekend.
1: Wozni was there, but he... <laughs>
0: It's a good-looking shirt.
1: It was a quick dip for him. He didn't stay the whole ultra.
5: That's right. He's in and out. And uh, another one that I don't remember. Oh, yeah. Pride Rock. Uh, Pride Rock, Rolling Rock. Yep, looks like old-school Rolling Rock.
0: 30 stones for 10 bones.
5: There you go. Uh, Put those up. Uh, Really, though, all I've been focusing on right now is just all the... A cool swag that people at BSB could walk away with.
0: Well, not just at BSB, but also if you're at home, awesome. You can walk away well, some really, really I saw cool some upset swag.
1: swag last
0: night. It's different, different swag, but yeah, we got a little got, we got a little raffle going on.
5: We got yeah, we got the the fundraiser right now for uh, shelter to soldier, um, helping out shelter dogs, as well as uh, vets with PTSD. Um, we got a link on our Facebook page. Uh, At the very top, it's pinned that explains it. But basically, if you make a donation, send us a copy of uh, your confirmation, receipt, whatever it is. Email it to us at three threesheetsthemouse at gmail.com. And then uh, let us know. Yeah, it's number three. Sheetsthemouse at gmail.com. Let us know if you are going to be in BSB uh, in the subject. If you are. Awesome. We'll we'll make sure you get it delivered to you while you're there, and if you can't make it, put that in the subject, and you will go into a separate raffle for folks who aren't going to be in attendance, and we will ship it to you. So yeah, we got two two packages uh, going out. Everybody's going to, if things work well with my Bermudan artisan, both will be the same package. Um, you're going to have some stuff you've seen before. You're going to have some stuff you haven't seen before, and maybe some things that uh, are kind of exclusive to this particular giveaway um and, and also just if if you're if you're down there look for look for one of us cause we're gonna have just random ass free shit to give away while we're down there too just for no good reason then we think you're
0: awesome and you're Here, and you're there
5: have some of my shit
0: yeah uh it's free sure. so definitely if you wanna go enter the raffle there ten dollars per entry so for every ten dollars you donate you get one entry ten dollars is one entry a hundred dollars is ten entries so uh there's Scott your the, yeah. There's your Scott math. <laughs> <laughs> uh, definitely go go uh, to our Facebook group facebook.com slash groups slash three sheets. Uh, check out the pin pa- pin post at the top of the page. You will find all of the contact information there to go ahead and enter that raffle. Um, we we do this from time to time. It's it's things that we like to like to do because we're very fortunate to have you know, be in the position we're in to, you know, to talk to you every day or every week. And uh, we want to, we really want to help out because this is a great charity that I I think <coughs> is wonderful and um, does good things in the world. So how can you not love dogs? Must love dogs, right?
5: That's a movie, isn't it? It is. Yes. John Cusack. Is a huge John Cusack? Oh, yeah. So John Hughes movie?
0: Probably. Most likely. Guys, wonderful show tonight. Um, Spaceship Earth, great ride. We love it. We will uh, we will hopefully enjoy it for years and years and years to come. But tonight, um, we want to thank you guys for, for joining us this week on Three Sheets the Mouse. If you enjoyed the show, go over to iTunes, rate, review, subscribe. Let us know how we're doing. It's the best way for you guys to help other Disney fans like you find the show. Uh, the more the merry. The, the the bigger the Ohana, the better. Uh, the, the bigger that BSB gets or our Sheeter assembles get. Uh, it, it just gets that much more fun. We, I think we're going to have a lot of fun at this, this next sheet up and many more sheet ups to come. It is, uh, it is you who makes this, sh- this show, makes the group bigger. So do your part, rate, view, and subscribe. If you want to follow us on Instagram and Twitter, we're over at 3 Sheets Podcast. If you're in the parks, tag us on Instagram, tag us on Twitter. Make sure you use the hashtag 3SheetsNation. Uh, the Mickey Dudes gave us a shout-out on their own Instagram. It was kind of fun to reply back. They basically said, uh, it is not for the easily offended. And I think they're right. Yeah, you got to put your big
1: boy pants on and come, come play with us.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but if you really want to interact with us like we said go over to our Facebook group facebook.com slash groups slash three sheets and that's where you're going to find uh, the real three sheets nation but that's where that's where you can become part of three sheets nation that's where all the fun happens the drinking the debauchery the Disney Uh, we love to see your Disney parks pictures we love to see your Disney posts what you're doing Disney at home how you keep it Disney at home That's, that's really what we love to see posts pictures make them happen um, all right, guys, tonight, fun show. Mikey, give me some closing remarks tonight.
5: I just can't wait to see everybody. And, uh, next month, that big <coughs> summer blowout. <coughs> that's, that's, that's all I got. That's all, that's all I'm trying to, uh, get, get to right now is get to, get to next month so I can see everybody and drink with everybody.
0: Hip. All right. Hey, Mikey, just remember, um, when you go there this time, the monorail does stop after 2 a.m.
5: I know. Well, I probably won't be able to leave my wife's site this time, except for when <laughs> I go and uh, kick Tim's ass in a fishing tournament.
1: It was said to me last night, how did I get stuck with all the one-fish wonders? Just going to leave you with that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right, Tim, uh, you know, on that note, Tim, give me some closing remarks. Uh,
1: like Mikey said, I'm just looking forward to... PSP. I mean, it's been a while since we had a big massive sheet up, which was about the same time last year. And this one has grown bigger than that one. I didn't think it could be possible, but it is. It's just steadily growing, and it's going to be insane.
0: Play with the tip. That's how you do it. You'll lose a little loop. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He does that so well. Is that a lot of practice? I do, actually.
2: And I'm looking forward to my fireworks buddy.
0: All right, Adam, give me some closing remarks tonight.
2: All right, so by the time this drops, you have one more day. If you're going to BSB to vote for your prom queen and queen selection, vote closes Friday night. So if you're listening to this and you haven't made your decision, please get that in there. Other than that, like everybody else said, I'm looking forward to seeing everybody in a couple of weeks. So it's going to be an awesome time.
0: Alright, well look, from all of us here at Three Sheets to Mouse, thank you for making our show part of your Disney life. Thank you for your time, this time, and until next time, so long for just a while. Sheeters, I want to take a moment to uh, remember someone who was instrumental at Disney World in in bringing all of us joy, bringing all of us uh, good vibes at the Grand Floridian Hotel. Uh, Pat Doyle, the former band leader and drummer of the Grand Floridian Society, passed away on August 18th, and he had worked there from October 1st, 1971, until his semi-retirement in July of 2016, and I have many, many fond memories of sitting in front of the uh grand floridian society orchestra they're a wonderful band so as we finish up tonight's show i wanted to uh do a little remembrance to pat and uh have the gfso play us out take it away pat